Well, we are back, huh? We're back at the Nine Club, everybody. Let me tell you, today we got a special, special, special guest. Mr. Jeff Rowley is here. Well, thank you for having me. How? You're making me blush. No. <laughs> Did he pronounce no, that right? Rowley? Yeah. Rowley? No, no, you didn't. You want to try it again? Yeah. Jeff Rowley. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like me to pronounce my name correctly? Uh, please, please. Okay, it's Jeff Rowley for Jeff the record. Rowley. Jeff Rowley. Yeah. Yeah. Like Rowley Poley. Like Rowley Poley putting him pie, kissed the girls and made him cry. There you go. Ever heard of that nursery that's, rhyme? No, but that's a great way to remember your name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeff Rowley Poley. Pudding and pie. Pudding and pie. Kissed the girls and made them cry. Kissed the girls and made them... Why are you making the girls cry, it's bro? Just, it's just, I never made the song up. Okay, yeah. okay. Dude, thank you so much for coming. This is amazing, bro. I'm excited. Thank yeah? you for having me, yeah, man. Of course. I know you guys have been doing this for quite a few years now, right? Yeah, we've been trying to get you on since day one. I've <laughs> been around, man. Finally. You need to pick up the phone. <laughs> Hyped you here, dude. Oh, man, this is great, bro. Um... How you been? Everything good? Yeah, man, I've been been good. Just doing the do. I mean, I'm doing the same shit I've been doing most of my life. You sure. know, I, I skate a lot. Yeah. And I go through waves of really being like folk, like we all do, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm right in the middle of that right, right now where I'm skating a lot, I'm filming a lot. Mm -hmm. And in order to keep doing that right, you got to stay in good shape. Yes. You got to like be like really focused. You got to think about your skating. You got to sleep with your skateboard. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in that mode right now. Oh, you, do you have a pillow for it? Do you? No, not anymore. No, you just, I've just okay. got skateboards coming out just, my ears. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder when you get older, though, no? It's like your body, like you said, you got to keep in shape. You got to do all this stuff. We're not spring chickens anymore. Absolutely. You, you know? know, like like for sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, with all, especially when you get hurt. And, oh, man. You know, when you film a lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, most of the videos I make, I break something making the video. Like, right. I don't think there's one video part that I've put out that I haven't broke something during the filming oh, or at the end really? i was thinking about that the other day i'm like yep that's actually what's happened you know yeah and so yeah staying in shape's huge yeah man. you know especially yeah. as you get older if you value your skating and you love your skating and you want to keep doing it you'll do anything it takes like Absolutely. within reason right to keep doing that yeah you know and uh and i love my skating yeah and i always have valued my skating but as you get older you have to definitely focus a lot more on you, the physical side of being able to do it because it just it sucks to be in pain yes. and going out yeah. skating who yeah. wants to do that no. you can see it in the dude when oh, he's yeah. skating yeah you can see the guys like just struggling just, to, okay right i rode away from it okay good i'm good <laughs> i can smash my board and i'm good for a month but that's yeah. that's not me i've never right. been that guy like i've always been the guy that skated a lot mm -hmm. and if i don't skate a lot i like tend to lose my focus yeah so I've always skated regularly since I started skating. I've never mm -hmm. been the guy that's taken like a year off or slowed down for sure. a year. It's only injuries that have taken me out. Right. You mm -hmm. know, and hopefully that like says something about how I feel about skateboarding. There you go. To get all gushy on skateboarding. I but I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I'm thankful that I'm 42 and not burnt out. It's easy to get burnt out. When you're not filming stuff, do you have a certain place that you usually skate or just kind of go to skate parks or? I don't really like skate parks that yeah. much. Mm -hmm. You know? It's hard to imagine you at a skate park for some reason. I go early <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> the Beach park. I don't like white skate parks. I like graffiti in skate parks. Oh, okay. I don't like how bright it is on, on my eyes in the mornings, right? Like True. I, I'd rather be out street skating. I'd yeah. rather be skating down the street, like grinding a red painted curb than it would be in a skate park skating a ledge that's been waxed. Mm -hmm. or, or just a metal a... ledge ledge. I want to grind and like, like so mm -hmm. I, when I skate regularly myself, I actually just kind of skate outside wherever I'm at. Yeah, okay. 
Like I was looking at spots before I came in here off Manchester Avenue. You yeah, see all yeah. those curb cuts, like oh, yeah. all the routes are gone. I'm like, dude, yeah. that look good. Wait a minute, you're looking for curb cuts now instead of huge hubbas? What's going on? But the, you ask how, like, how I skate every day. That's how I skate. Like I pretty much just, I like to street skate outside. I don't need to go somewhere and train. Sure. Like I go outside and I street skate and, and, and I skate alone a lot. Yeah. You know, I yeah. like, yeah. I, and uh, Yeah, just, in, just enjoy the ride. More just do the same thing I did when I first started skating. In Liverpool. Or, yeah, in Liverpool, yeah. England. There you go. There you go. In beautiful, lovely, sunny Liverpool, England. <laughs> you see any of the Beatles out there? Did you? Uh, you... Uh, no, I went to the same school as John Lennon. Did you? The, the original name for my school was Quarry Bank, and the original name for the Beatles was the Quarry Men. Okay. Which was, uh, you know, John was the original band member with a few of them. Sure. But they went to my high school, uh, you know, and then, you know, I used to, you know, get lunch at, on Penny Lane. And I used to ditch school in Strawberry Fields, the back <laughs> no, of my school. A lot of the stories for the Beatles came, you know, a lot of the writing come from John Lennon. And, and he grew a, up around town. Right on my doorstep right. where I grew up. In the barber shop out there, you know? Um, what was the song, The Barber? Um, I don't know that one. You've got me confused. Mm. But a, lo a lot of what he wrote about was right on my doorstep where I grew up. So I related yeah. to a lot of what they were saying. How so. crazy is that? It's I mean, so the, biggest, the biggest group ever. Yeah. And you you live right in the same town. And every, I everywhere went to you the go, same school as same my dad went to the same school as Paul McCartney. Really? What? Yeah, Lemmy used to take trains from North Wales to go and see the Beatles and go no to the cavern. Way. And when I first met Lemmy from Motorhead, I don't know whoever's watching this, you probably don't even know who Motorhead is. Right? <laughs> you should. Okay, they invented rock and roll, they invented heavy rock and roll pre Black Sabbath. Right. Everything. In fact, arguably, Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy. Right, was the first heavy mm -hmm. metal. Sure. He played really heavy mm -hmm. rock and roll. Mm. And Lemmy was his roadie. Right. He used oh, to really? score drugs for him and score women for him. There you go. What? Well, Not yeah. a bad but job. But when I first met Lemmy, that was the first conversation. Okay. Oh, you're from Liverpool, right? Where about Liverpool? About a mile and a half south of the city. Oh, I used to take a train there and go get off at this train station and walk from here to here. I'm like, yeah, no, you get crooked. But he loved it. And, he, and what, the first thing he told me was John Lennon's so punk. He was so punk. He wouldn't take any crap from anybody in the oh, crowd. Really? He was really respectful. Like if anyone screwed with a girl or anybody in the crowd, he would stop and like call the dudes out. Wow. He was apparently live like that at that stage when they were young. Amazing. And yeah. he influenced Lemmy, who's the first that's heavy amazing. rock and roll and heavy metal musician on the planet, was influenced by the Beatles. That, that's what it is. The barbershop. Penny Lane, there was a barbershop. Penny Lane. There's a, there's a barbershop. There was there. a barbershop yeah, there. And also that's where Sergeant Peppers came Sergeant from. Peppers. That was like a little bistro yeah. kind of thing at yeah. the end of Penny Lane. Oh. That was where I would go and get school lunch every single day. I would get a sausage roll from the sausage bakery. Roll. Yeah. Any black pudding? No, I wasn't no, a huge was Black a, Pudding oh, fan. Okay. Black Pudding's good from the right place. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Never really appealed to me, but, you know. What's Black like, Pudding? Oh, God. Oh, it's a mixture of meats and fats and just... Blood. Yeah. Blood. Basically, <laughs> basically in a sheath like a sausage would be, like a casing. Yeah. And then it's sliced and it gets cooked different ways. But All It's right. actually pretty good. It's got spices and everything. Yeah. It's, it's, very, it's something that's uh, very Scottish. Have you ever uh, gone and taken a photo at the Crosswalk, the famous album cover? The Abbey yeah. Road yeah, stuff? Yeah, Abbey Road. I haven't actually, no. You haven't, no. Yeah. no, I haven't. Taking your shoes off and maybe no, I mean, taking I'm a, a photo I'm a, I'm over a there. Fan, I'm a fan of the Beatles, yeah. um, but I'm a fan of John Lennon more than I am. Like yeah. the whole band. I like Lennon. I like George Harrison. I oh, thought yeah. the melody from Paul McCartney was exceptional, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. the songwriting, but the music, the writing, and like the connection to the culture for me was John mm -hmm. Lennon. Wow. So I was influenced like 
from you know more by that than yeah. the whole band. Man, I, I, you know, I'm, and George Harrison, George Harrison, George, yeah. freaking amazing. They're all great. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. I'm not like I can't listen to Ringo Starr's music. Like, no, not really. Like he's incredible mm-hmm. playing his music, but when he writes his own stuff, it's not my thing. Not your it's thing. Just, nah, it's loose. It's not really grounded. And like mm. the Lennon thing always had a point of view, and it, you know what I mean. It sure. always had a twist to it. Mm. And it was creative, and it was forward thinking. It was big thinking, and I like that. Yeah. You know? How did you even get started skating in Liverpool? I mean, I can imagine. Imagine there wasn't really a big skate scene out there back then. It was the late 80s I started. I can't even, I can't, I'm not even sure what year, 88, 89, somewhere right there, probably. And uh, no, it wasn't a big scene. It was the tail end of like that whole Santa Cruz Powell kind of generation, you know? Mm. So, you know, the first video that I saw, um, you know, the first person I saw skate on like a modern skateboard was like this punker dude that went to my my school and uh, he had like a green mohawk and he had like a denim jacket and he had like overkill and freaking all kinds of heavy metal band <laughs> patches on the back of right. it. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and he had a pair, I think he had a pair of like some high tops, some old, I don't, they weren't Converse, no. they were old Airwalks, I think they were. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I saw him skating around, I'm like, whoa, dude, like, look, I'd never, I'd seen a guy with a mohawk before with denim jacket, <laughs> yeah. and metal, but I hadn't seen a skateboard with all that color. Yeah. Oh. Right, and it, I can't even remember what board it was. I know he had bullets, because mm. they were bright pink bullets, pink okay. and yellow, so two pink and two yellow. I remember seeing those going, dude, I've never seen like a skateboard like that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like so much graphic and so much color to it that yeah. like I wanted to see a bit more. Sure. I'd never seen a skateboard. It was a modern skate. I'd never seen one. How old were you at the time? 12. 12, I yeah. And uh, yeah, so I seen him skating around. I knew that dude. I knew him from before he skated. Mm-hmm. So I think I like probably saw what he was doing seen him a couple more times around and like wanted to get a skateboard and a couple of friends of mine had just got a skateboard and i couldn't afford one so i i rode like basically a combination of uh, what i could find from people that i knew that might have skate stuff okay and a guy that did lighting for music that was a friend of my mother's uh was next he worked next door to my mother my mother worked in a bakery and uh and he had like an old skateboard that he gave my mother. It only had one truck on it, two wheels, and it was a GNS Fiberflex huh. from the 70s. It was a freaking Fiberflex skateboard. And uh, so I tried to recycle that, get some like cheap trucks from wherever and put them on the board. And my mm-hmm. dad painted the board and oh. whatnot. And uh, that was the first board I had. And that was like a few months before like the Christmas. And uh-huh. for Christmas, I said, I want a skateboard. Because once yeah. I started riding around, I realized that my board was not up to par. <laughs> with the next dudes. I had no grip tape, for okay. example. Oh, yeah. And no it was grip. a fiberglass board. And yeah. Just looking around. And so yeah. I just took some like crappy, like old, you know, banana skateboard trucks and just freaking threw them on it and rode them for a bit. And they just didn't work. Couldn't yeah. do any tricks. And, and that was like, those boards were like nine inches at that time, right? Like your regular board. So I yeah. felt like inferior to my mm-hmm. friends. So I waited a couple of months, got my first board for Christmas and I bought it from, there was no skateboard shops in town. Okay. Like the nearest skate shop was probably like 30 miles away. And I didn't even oh, know wow. about it then. So I have no way of finding out where the nearest skate shop was. Right. There was no internet. There was no magazines that would tell you, how would you find it? Right. How? So I went into the city and I knew that they sold a couple of skateboards in this record shop called Probe Records. It was a record collector shop. Oh, interesting. And it was a famous kind of like iconic store in Liverpool. It was like two doors away from the cavern, which is where the Beatles would play. Oh, wow. And it was called Probe Records. Same building, super old, like mm-hmm. uh, Georgian style building. So I went in there with my dad to buy my Christmas present, like pre-Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had three boards in there. And uh, they had a Skull Skates, Dead Guys. So 
Google that one. Skull Skates, Dead Guys. It had a picture of Elvis. It had Gigi Allen. It had like a couple of like famous rock stars on the bottom. Okay. They had Elvis too. And it was just called the Skull Skates, Dead Guys, black and white board, uh-huh. right? They had that on the wall. They had this toxic team board, which was all these toxic logos, which was a skate company from back then. Mm. And there was one other board. I can't remember what it was. Uh, mm. They had two hats in there. They had a Thrasher painter's cap. Okay. So you know what a painter's cap? Yeah, the, the cheapest yeah, hat sure. you could yeah, buy. Yeah. <laughs> they had a Thrasher painter's cap, a Skull Skates cap. They had four hangers, so four trucks in the whole store. They had uh, two Gullwings. One was blue, one was yellow. And they had two other trucks, which were Renali trucks, which were the worst looking, sketchiest trucks on the planet. <laughs> Uh, they had one set of NMB bearings. They had two sets of wheels. They had some Alvin Natural, <laughs> Naturals. They had Alvin Naturals, which are still like, they were so sick. They were a great wheel. Uh-huh. And then they had uh, OJ Team Riders. And they had no grip tape. Anything and else? So, well, I'm telling you what I had to choose from. <laughs> yeah. I'd never been in a skate shop before, and it wasn't a skate shop. It was a record shop. And the sure. guy treated you like a guy would in a record collecting shop would treat a 12-year-old kid like you were a piece of crap and you right. didn't know anything, which I didn't know anything. I didn't even know anything about music at the time, so I had no right even being in the store. Okay. And um, Apparently they didn't know much about skateboards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what do you do? You look on the wall with your dad. Your dad grew up basically playing soccer his whole life. Like he had no idea what a good skateboard looked like. Right. And we put together a complete from that. I bought a toxic team board because it was the brightest looking board. In okay. hindsight, I should have bought the Skull Skates Dead Guys. There you go. Right. I bought the right trucks, two going trucks, a blue one and a yellow one because I was not going to buy those were alleys that look, I don't even know what they <laughs> look like. I picked the OJ Team Riders, which was a good choice because they were great urethane, mm-hmm. right? And I got NMB Burns and no grip tape. I had no grip tape on the board that I had for two and a half months until they got the grip tape in the shop. And they had a red wood stain on the top and I skated the board till I wore through the wood stain. Whoa. Yeah. Wore through the wood stain on the like top of the board? Like it was getting white. It was Because yeah. I like was skating without wow. grip tape for months in the winter in okay. England. And I was so sure. excited that I had such a beautiful board. The tape did not even matter. Right, right. Didn't wasn't even questioned. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even go out and go, hey, I need some grip tape. I can't do this trick. It was not even that. It was like, let's do this. Yeah. You didn't even think about like sandpaper or something you could put on there. No, no, not really. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay, right? Like I'm not okay. a glue sandpaper. And the shop finally got grip tape, fi- and you went back and got the. I got the grip tape. Later okay. Day. Yeah. Wow. Was it mob or Jessup? <laughs> was it? it was sandpaper <laughs> with super glue. So you're skating around now. You got your grip tape. You got to, and you, you you must have had a bunch of buddies now a few, skating. A few. I mean, like I, a few of us start skating in the area that I grew up in, and mm-hmm. I lived like outside of the city in the suburbs, like okay. a couple of miles outside of the, like a mile and a half, two miles south of like the city center of Liverpool. Gotcha. And uh, it's like south. Liverpool's on the coast. It's an old port. Looks mm. like Long Beach in an English way. Okay. You know I mean? um, it was a very, very, very busy port during like the slave trade and mm. different periods of time, like the Georgian period. It has, I'm not sure, next to London, it has more Georgian buildings that are heritage buildings than any other city in in the country. I oh, do wow. believe. Huh. Okay. It's got a lot of history. Wow. You know, a lot of a lot of the supplies during the Second World War, the tail end of the Second World War, mm. when Britain was pretty much beaten and Europe was pretty much beaten, and okay. our resources were, were, you know, stretched. A lot of the food and supplies for the country was coming through Liverpool, unbeknownst gotcha. to Germany and the, you know, Nazi regime. Interesting. Mm. So wow. they didn't bomb it enough, but they bombed it at the tail end of the, of the war. And so as it's very, very historical city, it's got mm. a lot. Of, it's 
visually and culturally very very uh, diverse. Okay, you know it's got it's got a uh, you know a Chinatown. Oh yeah, like San Francisco would have. It has that, and it has a the city around the surrounding area of the city is very culturally diverse. So I did grow up with that, and it is different to a lot of other places in the country. Mm. It's unique. Yeah, yeah, and it definitely was uh, made me who I am. Sure. I you know, imagine, like yeah. my environment, like it was, uh, was different. Yeah. I've never been to Liverpool. It's rad. Like you'd, you'd be welcomed with open arms. The skate scene's always been is it, good. It's good. Yeah. Well, like from London, how far is Liverpool? Uh, when we were growing up, it would take us about four and a half hours on the train. Four now you half? can get, now you can get there in like two and a half hours okay. on the train. So it's oh. not, it's not far from London, but London's not the epicenter of the world, right? Sure, like right Liverpool's here. a big city and it's an awesome city. Um, and if you wanted to go there, you'd fly probably to Manchester, which is 25 miles or so oh, gotcha. away. Okay. And then you just half an hour, you'd be in Liverpool. That's okay, yeah. You know, oh, so you said you're the, the skate scene out there, your buddies, um, yeah. you had a little crew out there. Yeah, I mean, we at first it the was Mohawk like- guy. The Mohawk guy. Mo- the Mohawk guy. Oh, did you become guy. friends with the Mohawk guy? <laughs> I'm still friends with the Mohawk oh, you are guy. Okay. Yeah, I've seen him wow. maybe mm, less than a year ago. Last summer, he walked past my parents' house. And I'm like, whoa, new house. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Been a while. Do you still have the mohawk? No, he doesn't. No, he's okay. No, no. Dude, he's, that maybe, was a phase. That's amazing. Thought maybe he went from green to purple. Yeah. Or I know a lot of the people that I grew up with. Like you know, like uh, it, our skate team was really good in Liverpool. Like we we didn't really like vibe each other. Okay. Like it was accepting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, like you know, we'd had we had like guys that were. Like I was, I've always been into like more rock and roll and like punk music, kind of mm. like personally. But I like everything. I'm a fan of musician. I like old country, like every, you know, I like a lot of different styles. Mm. But you know, in our skate crew that we grew up on, you'd have you know, dude with mohawk, you know, sure. dude with dreads, oh, yeah. dude that's a hip hop guy, dude's heavy metal. Okay, and we're all the same. Yeah, we yeah, have of a common course. goal: skateboarding. skateboarding. Right. Like a bigger I, I I always remind myself of those things. Like I have kids, but I always remind myself of those things. You know, of like. When skateboarding's great, it's really freaking great, like mm-hmm. for culture, yeah. right? And at that period, I'm thankful that our local skate scene, like we had good dudes. There you go. It's fortune, right? Yeah. Like we didn't get to choose or pick those paths, but a lot of guys that started skating in the area that I grew up in still skate. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. And, uh, and so we started in, 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 you know, where I lived, you know, in the suburbs, they had a little crew of dudes that went to our high school that skated. There was a handful of us, mm-hmm. you know, and we were different ages. Okay. Right, yeah. so like, you had one skated maybe two more in my year. Right. Right. And like one of them skated a little bit and the other one skated a lot. So I wasn't like surrounded by skaters. In fact, we were on an island at that yeah. time and like we were victimized every chance that, you know, that, that, that the opposing side would get, they would take it. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was, that was definitely a different time, you know, and, and, you know, we'd be skating down the street and people are just screaming outside the side of the car, like skateboard dickheads. Oh, really? Skateboard dickheads. That's what they would call it, skateboard heads or skateboard dickheads. Wow. Uh, that was it. It always sticks in my head. That, I, can, I can just hear it out of the side of a car. Skateboard dickheads, break your leg. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. But it was like that then. Yeah. It wasn't, no one, yeah. you know. They were you, yelling, do a kickflip. Well, your average person didn't know what that was. Yeah, They'd yeah, never yeah. seen it and like, that was all developed and it was still new to skating That's too, right? right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely small scene, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. then from there, like we started going into the city. So I'd take the bus, I was 12 years old, right? I'm taking oh, wow. the bus into the city center to start skating. I remember, you know, how I started doing that. I started going on Saturday morning, Okay. right? After I played soccer, not before. Oh, you would go, <laughs> you'd wake up, go play soccer, 
Yeah, I played. I played soccer. I Football. played a lot of a lot of different sports. I played soccer for my school. And I played soccer for a Sunday league team called the APH, the Egbeth People's Hall. Oh, and so I played on that team on on uh, uh, Sunday morning, and I played for the school games on a Saturday morning. So when I started skating, that was the first thing that was like a barrier. I grew up playing soccer. Like mm. I'm going to call it soccer, but it's really football. It's <laughs> yeah. the truth. I'm, like, I'm on the nine club right now on a skate with a skate audience. I can tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah. Football, aka soccer. Football. It's right. called football. Okay. I always trip out why they renamed. Like I mean, it's confusing. Well, we, we have football yeah. over here. We use your hands, right? But, but the football over there, you're using your foot. Makes since, since the 17, 1800s. Yeah, football. Right. The we football just, we just, play over here is a little bit later. Am just, I right? Last hundred years. I mean, I don't, oh, I'm yeah, not a big Way later, yeah. yeah. Um, just I'm saying. So yeah. it was already a game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But so. here, uh, we have to like change everything and it's weird, you know? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to us by AG1. It is very important to me that the supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for years I have been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands out there, AG1 conducts relentless testing to set the standard for purity and potency. It's also researched and developed by an in-house team of scientists, doctors, and nutritionists with decades of experience in their respective fields. I know that I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances, while the industry standard, guess what? Typically only tested for 10. That's why the Nine Club has partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get your free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash nine club. All you got to do in your URL, type drinkag1.com slash nine club at checkout. Go give it a try. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What position did you play? I was a left winger. I okay. was the first team I played for. They put me in left back, which was mm -hmm. not the right position for me. Hmm. Like I'm not a big kid, dude. Like, but I could. I, I wasn't super fast. I wasn't super strong, but I could tackle. I had decent control of the ball, and I could put it in the net okay. given the opportunity. But I wasn't fast. Right, so if you make me cover too much ground, I'm not going to put You're it in the back gonna, of the net. Right, right. And I, they pay, played me left back for the first two years. It was a bad position for mm. me. And then they put me left winger and I scored and I started scoring from there. Oh, there you go. So that was the, kind of the position I played. I was like left attack. Oh. So up front, in the middle, on the left side, or left hard left winger. Interesting. Then, so, but I, had to, I would go and play football for the school on Saturday morning. Those games would be at like 8.30 in the morning or wow. 9.30 in the morning, right? So I'd go and play. I'd come home. And then basically put my skate shoes on, take my chin pads out of my socks, mm -hmm. change my t-shirt and go into the city with soccer shorts on, soccer socks on and whatever shirt that I had, a skate shirt and a right. pair of like skate shoes. And uh -huh. I, I started doing that on the weekends and after a bit I'm like, 
I just want to skate more. Right. So I, st- I then stopped playing soccer mm. for like the football. school t- f- football. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call, should we call soccer from now on out so it doesn't get confusing? No. S- football. football. <laughs> Round ball. Round, you kick it with your feet. Yeah. Globally yeah. most yeah. expansive, you know, part yeah. of the sport in the world. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I had to put the, put the, put the soccer and football be- Aside, yeah, which was kind of a gnarly like place. Like growing up, and I used to sleep with the ball. Seriously, did you I have a pillow a, for that one? I was <laughs> dude, a ball and a ball yeah. in head. before the skateboard. It was a ball, right? Yeah, and like I was so into it. That's and it's I, huge. I mean, I bet your parents huge. were happy. You know, every my it's, dad. It's a, my dad was a huge footballer. I grew sure. up going to watch my dad play. He was he managed teams. So oh, on wow. Saturday, I would go and sit in the car and watch from the car window. I'd come on the sidelines and I'd mm-hmm. have my packed lunch. And I'd watch my dad play, like, and or he managed for years, my whole life. Wow. And I'd go to the pub with everybody afterwards, like, mm-hmm. nine years old, yeah. <laughs> trying try right. to skim money off, like, the dudes that were, you know, the guys on the team so I could play the slot machines or, like, oh, buy, yeah. buy a Coke or something, right. you know? Like, totally innocent. But, like, that's... So putting that aside was a big deal. I think it was a big deal for my dad. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. like, he, he watched me idolize and grow up just wanting to do that like religiously mm-hmm. and then here I am finding something else that I like to do that I'm putting that aside and know? it's not really a known thing he was a very mm. my dad was a very good football player mm. like incredible he really was a very mm. good footballer my uncle played for England and Derby County so we grew up in a very like big football mm. family you know and uh, he wanted to be a professional footballer that's mm. what my dad wanted to do and he played semi-professional and wow. he ended up putting that aside when his father passed away. And so I think it was a big deal for, oh. for me to put that aside. Did, and did you ever have the disca- discussion with him? Or a little was bit. He, yeah. A little bit. It, was, it got to like, you know, it comes to the weekend and I go, okay, I'm not going to play anymore for the school team. I'm still going to play on the Sunday for the local team because we've been playing for years for sure. the, same, the same guys. When the Saturdays went, that was the start of it. And like, I would go skate at 8 a.m. Right. I would go to my friend's house at 7.30 and we would take a bus at eight o'clock, 8 a.m. into the city and we would skate till it went dark. Wow. wow. You know, and then we'd take the bus home yeah. and then go skate in the evening. Damn. Like a lot of skating. You forget like when you're a little kid, you're skating for like eight hours oh, and yeah. you want more. Yeah. You're stopping because somebody's chaining you up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's kind of what happened. It went from me like pretty much from, from football straight mm-hmm. into uh, every waking moment that I have, I want to do this thing, right, you know? Right. You know, and then there's a life to it. Like I can hang out with the same guys in the night when I'm not skating with them and I like them. Yeah. And they think the same way that I do where like, I don't know, maybe they enjoy the creative side of the skate that we're not getting anywhere else. They like totally. to release away from their family life or yeah. away from, I don't know, just big city life being being out in the city being yeah. out in the city yeah. and like adventure yeah I mean we all had different upbringings but man skating is what kind of yeah. I don't know I think and at that time like it was special man it was mm. something different and, and like I was it appealed to me and I think a lot of my friends we just got stuck on it yeah did your dad finally support the um the move from football to skating he always supported me I yeah. just think he like was scratching his head you know like at, at that time, adults didn't understand. Sure. They're, they're not going to look and go, oh, there's a career there. Right. And I wasn't even pursuing a career yeah. in skate. I just wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what I wanted in life at that age. Mm-hmm. You know, what kid does? No. Yeah, you know? No, like, true. But you're just following your passion. You're following what you loved. Yeah, totally. And how, then, go ahead. How, gonna, how old were you when you, like, stopped playing football and just started skating? 
probably 13, 14 oh, so, years. So I started so like right year. when I turned like 12, 13 years old, I think is when I started skating. Like mm. I think 13 years old. So within a year, you know, yeah. like yeah. I'd like- It just took over. It, it took, I took over yeah. oh, like yeah. crazy, you know? And I play cricket too. Like, oh, you cricket? Yeah, I played cricket. I never understood wow. cricket. Kind of like baseball, but yeah, it's a little- uh, It's like baseball. Yeah. It's like, but it, the rules are different, but sure. essentially the same. Yeah. You're getting runs, you have innings, you know, you okay. have different bowlers and batters and you rotate them. Right. Um, but the field is like 360 degrees, isn't it? Like it, you can hit it backwards, can't you? Yeah. I, I, I yeah. never understood it, but I always tripped out on that. Yeah, the boundary is the edge of the whole field, mm-hmm. right? If yeah. you hit it outside of that boundary without it touching the floor, you get six points, a six. six. If you hit it to the boundary and it's hit the floor before it hits the boundary, you get four points. Hmm. So your goal as a batter is to thump it, right? And if you can't thump it, thump it somewhere where the where the catchers can't grab it and you can run backwards and forwards and get the same points anyway. Oh. So that's the goal. So I played that with my school and our school still has like an unbeaten record in the whole of the UK. Wow. It only got beaten twice in two years. No way. At the finals of all of the schools in the whole of the country. Hardball cricket. We lost in the semifinals of the of the softball, so with a tennis ball. And then we lost in the finals with a corgi, which is the true cricket ball. Okay. And and Not my dog. school, it's called Sudley Junior School, still holds a record from freaking I don't even know when that was, nineteen I don't even know. Late 80s. You were a part of it. I played for the team the whole time. I was at all of those games and a couple of them went on to play professional. Did they have a picture of you in the hallway? I have a picture I can can share with you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I played a lot of games. You know what I mean? I did did our cross country run too. But skating just took over, man. Yeah. It's great. And then what did you, um, when did you start realizing, you know, you were getting good and I mean, the sponsorship thing, you know, I feel like there's a certain point where kids growing up are like, you know what, this is, I, there's yeah. something here. I can, I can do this. I, I you know, know what you're saying. saying. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I know what you're saying. I didn't have to quite have the confidence to quite, I, I felt like that, but mm. I didn't quite have the confidence to go there. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, first skate video I saw was Savannah Slammer. It was half of a photocopy of a photo, a video copy of another VHS copy of someone's ass that was photocopied that was then turned into a video. It was half the video. Sure. And uh, I bought it for five pounds off a friend of mine who was friends with the guy that was the punker. Okay. And the guy's name was Gobbo because he looked like a complete just animal, okay. like an oaf, Gobbo. like an ogre, like Shrek. He looked like that, but he was the best dude. I bought it from him. And that was my first exposure to skating, right? Like okay. a sponsored skater, a pro skater. Right. I watched Savannah Slammer, three, with all of the best legendary guys that sure. are still legends and doing the same skating now. Yeah. You know, yeah. they had Gons in the video, Lance Mount and Eric Dress and, yes. you know, uh, Bill, Down, Bill Downforth, Mike Vallely, yeah. doing mm-hmm. fake yollies to tail on like uh, bench height ledges yep. in, in the 80s. You had Gons doing switch errs out of jump ramps. Yeah. You know, uh, you had Bill Downforth with an incredibly unique style pushing Mongo foot. I liked him. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So that was my first exposure. So I'm looking at that going, whoa, I didn't know that this was what it looked like. Like I'd never seen video. I'd never yeah. seen visual. I'd just yeah. seen a skateboard. I didn't know what you could do in it. And you and your buddies just. Yeah. And they were doing bonelesses and jumping off walls. I didn't know what the tricks were called. I didn't know what they were doing. And mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I saw that video. And I think that was the start of it. That was it. Yeah, like to where like, 
ah, this is, I like this. I really like this. I like where this is going. Okay. Like looking back, that's how I felt. Yeah, for you know? sure. But like you want to be a part of this. I want to yeah. be a part of yeah. it. That's it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm good enough to do it. I don't know if I have the ability to do it. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I just want to do it and I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to, that's it. That's it. And even up to being sponsored and like that, like we had a lot of amazing skaters from my hometown. England mm. at that, that period had some great skateboarders. Oh yeah. You know? And some of them are still around and some of them, took different paths sure yeah. you know so you you judge you weigh yourself up to like the guy next to you right all you know your environment right and my environment was very talented skateboarders wow. but skated different too mm-hmm. you know like uh have you ever heard of howard cook yeah rode for consolidated mm. right uh, incredible skater yeah rad style great style very aggressive style very slashy and very kind of like I don't know, just a real pure, raw style. Mm-hmm. And he was the same age as me and grew up in the city, but didn't really skate like me. Okay. I was fired up by that. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so, like, I was fortunate that, like, we were, I was around a lot of, like, different styles of skaters that really, really pushed me. Sure. You know, oh, yeah. without knowing it. But that's what we it's all about, We were pushing each though. other. Yeah. Like, that dude, he couldn't do certain things I could do. I couldn't skate the way he could skate. But I liked it, and I wanted to do it. So right. I tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Um, I think that helped a lot of like uh, progression, motivation, mm-hmm. um, confidence. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely like, I don't know if I'm good enough to be sponsored. I didn't know any of that until I got a free board. And even when I got a free board, I didn't know if I was good enough. Like it, I just, it felt strange to me. It was a new concept, you know? Who gave you a free board? My first board was a, was a death box. Skateboard. Death box. Yeah. I got okay. sponsored by death box. Wow. First. Yeah. Now were they just in the area or did they, how did you, I mean, you're not filming sponsor me videos. A friend of mine, sent a sponsor me video. If I remember rightly, the guy who video, videoed it, he made like a school project. Okay. And a school video project. He filmed everyone in the city, mm-hmm. Liverpool, so all our skaters. So he made like a like a video part for me for his school project along with a video part with a few other dudes from the city. Wow. And I, if I remember rightly, I, I think he sent that directly, I think. Really? That was a long time ago. He sent that to Deathbox and then they, they flowed me some boards. And That's awesome. He kind of like went from, went from there. And then, so you, you got know? the board and you, you, you didn't think you were deserving i did honestly I mean, a free like, board I, though free board psych psych yeah right free it, board i got a free board a pack of 10 stickers and one t-shirt and uh grip tape grip tape two sheets of grip maybe i okay. not remember <laughs> seems like grip tape's the, the hardest thing to get out there yeah. <laughs> i was thankful okay, yeah. i was thankful i remember taking it in the room and showing my dad mm. right like and like, oh free gear free don't have gear? to buy it don't yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah um, but even then, like, I don't know. I still, f- I even feel like that right now. Like I, I'm pretty like analytical of my own shit, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm a little hard on myself and I was then. So if I'm honest, like where I was thinking, I, I wasn't a hundred percent thinking much. I was a kid yeah, and I was trying to figure out being comfortable right, in my skin. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it was the primary focus really, you know, and, uh, and skating was my, my, uh, my vehicle, right? Like, yeah. My vehicle mm-hmm. to go out and be around the people I, I want to hang out with and, you know, listen to the music I want to listen to because that was a big deal too at that age. Like mm-hmm. when I started skating, I started, you know, watch that first Savannah Slammer and the music on it. That's not music you're going to hear on the radio back then. No, right. It's not music you're going to hear on the radio now. Right. Like, you know, except Thrasher Radio. Sorry for that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. But, um, yeah, the Drunk Engines, that mm-hmm. music, the skate music came from skateboarding yeah. and it was good. Yeah. I liked it. 
So like I started to look into a lot, I started to listen to a lot of like music that was on skate videos, you yes. know, Dinosaur Jr., Black Flag, Minutemen. I think that's how we all like. We all did, but yeah. Like, yeah. that's why I kept doing it. Like, yeah. cause I was 12, 13, 14, 15, going into your teenage years, listening to a lot of music, hanging out a lot, like, right? Like you, so you, 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 you know, you're, you're, the music plays a huge thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the people you're around and the, you know, all of that, like, you surround yourself yeah. with that. And you're immersed. You're immersed in yes. it. Um, but that definitely was like what kept me wanting to keep doing it. Sure. Like it, it was an exploration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. an adventure. And then how did the Death Box thing, because you, you eventually wrote for Death Box. I wrote, so for, how, I wrote for Death Box pretty much from then, I think. From like then? I was getting flowed stuff and I went down to to London shortly after that, took a train. And bear in mind, I'd never been to London at that time. Oh. And I didn't know anybody in London. Okay. I'd, I'd, skated Liverpool, which is the city that I grew up in. And I've traveled to one or two towns outside of the, to like a skate contest or like to a skate park in the middle of a Around field, the in the middle of a field that's eight miles away from a, a freaking bus stop and you have to walk there. Oh, like I've done that and camped out a lot and, you know, done a lot of that, but I hadn't traveled to any of the major cities outside of Liverpool and Manchester really. Okay. Just because I was a kid. Sure. Skating that was. So that was a big deal. I went down to London and, and, and met uh, the owner of Deathbox then and, okay. uh, and Alex Mole. Oh, Alex Mole. Uh, great, great skateboarder yes. from England. I'd never met Alex. I was a fan of Alex and uh, I knew he was a great skater from the pictures I'd seen in the English Skate Mags. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when I met him, he was just as an amazing person. Sure. So and now this whole new world's opening up for you. London. Yes. <laughs> they didn't like me though. They didn't like, what? How could they not like you? Come on. So nah, that, that, that's not quite fair to say, but at that time in skating in the nineties, like it was pretty vibey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And course. I'm from like kind of, I was coming from kind of Aurora city that was known for, the, at the time it had like the highest unemployment rate, mm. had the highest teenage pregnancy rate and the highest crime rate in the wow. country. It was late eighties, end of like Margaret Thatcher era, which was a prime minister that was fairly aggressive. Mm. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of unemployment. And so if I traveled to, but to London, which was a metropolitan city, mm -hmm. I was looked at as being like from a rougher town. Okay. You know, maybe might steal something from somebody. Uh. Like we had that reputation. And like at that age in the 90s in skating, it was vibey. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. all cool. Quite sure. a lot of it was bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah. straight up, like yeah. a lot of it was bullshit and it's not the reason why I got into skateboarding. Mm. And I was really fortunate that the scene in Liverpool, we didn't even buy into that. Okay. Uh -huh. We all, we were all influenced by like, you know, the whole AMB thing. Yes. Like we were hugely influenced by it from, from the skating. But I don't think the people in our city really had that like there was there was attitude with some of those dudes from that period like we didn't have that hmm. but london had it with some of their skaters where they were too cool for school okay and like i grew up accepting much different mm -hmm. yeah that was the first thing i noticed going to london skating at south bank i went straight to the train station next to south bank and okay. went skate south bank wow like the first time i went to london so i skated the sirs there and did a Backside 360, Ollie, I think down those six or seven stairs then. But I remember just going there and everyone I looked at would just like not really look at me. Like, yeah. And it wasn't because I was a little kid, they weren't scared that I, I was this just gnarly dude that was going to beat them up from a rough town. It was more <laughs> like, it was quite a vibey time in skating. Yeah, if you didn't yeah, know yeah. a dude and he was skating your local spot, you might not really say hello to him. Because sure. that person that was having that vibe was probably 15 years old, <laughs> like in hindsight, or 14 yeah. years old. But that's what I got. I didn't have the best experience my first time I went to London. Oh, so you didn't like I, I put my head down the skate spots were great I put yeah. my head down I skated and that's what we knew in Liverpool put your head down go to town go yes. full speed and wow. like if they don't like it they can 
fucking suck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's how we felt about it. Like, yeah. you know, and you had to be like that. Like growing up at that time in England, like every city was had its moments. It was rough. Were you going back and forth from Liverpool to London a lot then after that? Yeah, periodically, yes. I would go down on the weekends and skate, um, you know, with some of the Death Box guys okay. on the weekends. Uh, you know, it might've been Alex Mole. It might've been Matt McMullen who rode for them at the time and whoever was around and yeah. then the, the, the owners of Death Box and those guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they took care of us at that time. Nice. So you'd go hook up with Alex Mole. Pretty, it sounds like he, he, he became cl- close friends pretty quick. Uh, to know Alex is to like Alex. Alex is a very likable person. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I love him to death like a brother. Mm-hmm. I got like nothing but absolute, pure, unrelentless love for that person. Yeah. Uh, he's always been in my life and always been a positive person in my life and I care about him, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's always been like, I always liked to be around him from day one, so I'll just say that. Yeah. I always enjoyed skating with him and uh, and he's a fucking good skateboarder. Yeah. He was a great skater. And like at that time, like, it's rad to see him. He was, you know, that was a period before like skating was more global. You didn't sure. have like, you didn't have your top pros and they were from all different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Like it hadn't grown to that point yet. Right. Alex was from England and and he was light years ahead of all of us mm. at that time. Yeah. Like wow. he was exceptional. Like he was a very good skateboarder. Very unique skater, skated like nobody else. Yeah, so you yeah. couldn't weigh him up to anybody else. Mm. That's what I liked about Alex. Yeah. I liked that he had a unique style and I just liked the way that he did tricks and he had incredible board control at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could manipulate his board and he was doing tricks that I think in the in the videos we were watching, like he was doing tricks that they weren't at yet. He was doing backside nose blunts and frontside nose blunts like it was nothing. Every wow. variation of both those tricks, like very consistently in the early late 80s early sure. 90s yeah. like he was very good was he doing the late shovets back then too the kickflip late shovets uh, not the kickflip late shovets but he yeah. was doing all kinds of late shovet variations and like all kinds of like strange late flip body varial freaking yeah. <laughs> I don't know ask Alex yeah for sure <laughs> You With, should get him on this. Oh, That'd be yeah. amazing. That'd actually be really cool. Yeah. Alex Small Nine Club. Come there you go. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Was there a point in time now? You're 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 in the scene now, and you're you you want to come to the U.S. Is there a point in time where you're like, this is the U.S. is where this is at. I got to get over there. Yeah, I wanted to skate the skate spots I saw in the videos. There you go. Right. right? Like, yeah. Uh, I wanted to go to the Carlsbad Gap. I wanted to go. Um, <laughs> Carlsbad. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to go Carlsbad Gap. I wanted to see all the stuff that Chris Markovich skated. Mm. I want to see all the stuff that Matt Hensley skated. All the stuff that Danny Way skated. I wanted mm. to see what it looked like. Right. See, yeah. It's not that I wanted to do tricks at that. I wanted to see what it looked like to see if I could do tricks. Uh, I had no idea. I was a fan. So. That's what I wanted, you know, and like, I was in the same mindset. I was what, you know, just shy of 18 years old, mm-hmm. wanting to like pursue skateboarding and come and live in the US, whatever it took. Sure. And it took quite a bit. It was a year or two before we even moved. And I moved, you know, with, you know, a couple of guys, the guys that were, uh, started Flip Skateboards. Yeah. And they own Deathbox Skateboards. So I didn't, I flew out with them and, uh. Tom Penny room. Well, it was before Tom and those guys oh, was came. It? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. oh. um, I flew out, and I was going to fly out no matter what. I, I was, I'd waited long enough, you know. Determined. Uh, I wanted to skate. Yeah. I was in England, and I, the last year of school, like I didn't sign on for another year of school because I thought I was moving to the U.S. or going to go to America and try to skate. Gotcha. And see what happened for okay. a couple of months or a couple of weeks or sure until my money ran out and. 
I, I had a lot of money. I, f- I bought my own flight and I had $153. How would you? <laughs> in my pocket. Were you mowing lawns? What was going on? How were you? I was eating noodles and that. Uh, uh, Saving your lunch money? <laughs> I didn't need to eat. I just needed to skate. Sure. What about your. I can live three months with just water. Like, I don't need food. <laughs> what about your parents, though? Were they tripping out on you leaving at all? or? They didn't know and I didn't know. Mm. I didn't emigrate to America. I came to America mm-hmm. and I, I went home. And every time I came back, I stayed longer and stayed less in the UK and more in America every time oh, I came back. Okay. So it was a, it was a, we'll go in there and we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. Right. And I kept coming back and I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to skate. Like, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, like thinking back, I didn't feel, I lost my fucking buddies that I grew up skating with. I progressed so much from when I was like 13 mm. to 16, like an animal, Yeah, you know? Like I really felt like that. Like I was learning shit every fucking day. Huh. Because I, I had no distractions. I yeah. was done with school. So the 12 months before I came here or the couple of years before I came to the US, I was like 110% skateboarding every freaking day. So you were surpassing your buddies. I was doing stuff I didn't like just to do it without anyone there. And like, I did a lot of that, I skated okay. a lot. Yeah. So I was really driven when I came here. Right when I came here, I was demoralized. I didn't, I wasn't skating good. I didn't feel confident. I didn't, I just didn't feel right. Looking back. Why? Uh-huh. I had no friends. Uh-huh. I had, I lost my environment. That was n- what I enjoyed. There you uh-huh. go. I didn't know how to skate when the concrete was smooth. I only knew how to skate when it was a street spot. Sure. <laughs> when okay, I, had, right. I had obstacles to continuously deal with. Yeah. Like you, like think about this, right? I get to the US. I've never, I've, I went to Florida one of the time a year before for a week or two, right? Mm-hmm. I've never been to like California. I get to the US and I'm skating down the street. Every six foot, there's a there's a line of in the concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Where they pour each section. Yeah. I'm riding down the street going da dong da dong da dong da dong. When do I ollie? Da dong da dong da dong. What? I don't know when to pop. Yeah. Da dong da dong da dong. I didn't know how to skate. Mmm. Totally different. Totally different. Crazy. The floor. Yeah. Didn't know how to skate it. What was it like back in England? What you'd imagine, a big city, just like New York or Manhattan, just rough ground. Yeah, like yeah. You find your sweet spots and like when you go to a spot, you skate a certain ledge, you know where to take you, off. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know where to land because you have to whack, you've had to wax it for five years straight to make it slide. <laughs> I come here, everything slides, the skate spots everywhere. Yeah. Everything's smooth and perfect. I don't skate like that. Yeah. Huh. Like... You know, at the time I wasn't thinking that. At the time I was just thinking, go skate. Yeah. But if you look at my skating during that period, it was really just flat and one dimensional. Mm. And I didn't progress for a year or two. I wasn't learning new tricks. And then when I started feeling, it was only really when I started skating with Ed Templeton. Mm. It really true. Like where I felt like, okay, I'm starting to skate the way that I want to skate. Okay. And I felt confident. Hmm. I felt like I was starting to skate the way that I wanted to skate. And it was when he was filming like, uh, the welcome to hell oh yeah because uh-huh. i was uh-huh. out skating with him a lot and like i finally found somebody that motivated me right like the same music like to hang out in the night we had a lot in common you know we were not far off in ages kind of thing and he, like ed was an outcast he wasn't accepted by everybody mm-hmm. you know and at that time like i said there was still vibes when you're coming into like i moved to the u.s july 2nd 1994 there was still tail end vibes Okay. Yeah. I caught the. T- I skated with Jeremy Klein. I skated with Ed Templeton, and like those guys were, like, I idolized both those guys, and everyone outside of like a California scene probably would just have said the same at that period. Sure. Mm-hmm. They were incredible, uh-huh. both of them. 
but when you know them and then you're skating with them like they had certain guys that they skated with but they weren't not everybody was accepting of that style of skating right. at that time Smith grinds and feeble grinds were like old school it's all about your crooked grind and nolly and into tricks and nolly heel flipping and sure, yeah, yeah. progressing switch heel flips two inches off the ground when ed, when ed was skating 15 miles an hour doing a smith grind six feet right yeah. i liked that kind of skating and like i grew up in an environment and scene that there was dudes that skated like that mm-hmm. so to then find that in southern california when i was you know just turned 18 years old and didn't have any friends was the basis of like really making me want to continue to skate because I, I definitely wasn't super motivated for the first year or two living mm. here unbeknownst until I started to feel comfortable and confident again I remember it I remember I'd get in my car and he'd throw tapes out the window if he didn't like the music oh seriously <laughs> yeah he'd just give me go what, what's that well no, out of the window now boom and he'd throw the Doing tape that. away <laughs> that's not acceptable music thank you for doing that I needed you to tell me that I thought it was okay I liked two of the tracks but the rest of the albums suck balls you were right and like I got on with them and I liked them yeah how did you end up meeting him actually he well where we moved initially I stayed with Per Wellander um, mm. I think for the first fuck I can't even remember whatever for the first period of time I was in the US for a couple of weeks couple of months can't remember and then uh, we moved into an apartment um, which I can't remember how that was. But we moved into an apartment, which is where all the flip guys lived, mm-hmm. right? So we moved into that apartment at Ed, and it was right next to Huntington Beach High School. Mm-hmm. And they were just building the Huntington Beach skate park. Yeah. So um, Ed lived across the road. Oh, so so your okay. neighbors. Two neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'd came over, and that's all I know. Like, yeah. I, I came over on a bike, I think I remember, like an old school vintage bicycle. I'm like, nice bike. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was it. Honestly, like, and I just started skating with Ed, and like, you know, at the time I was vegetarian, you oh. know, and like, and uh, I, I grew up with guys who, I grew up with game wardens and guys that like hunt and kill things their whole life, but right, um, I was vegetarian, and and we had so we had the same dietary choices mm. for for years, and like we listened to a lot of the same music, and I liked the way he skated. He motivated me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he made me want to learn new tricks, and like, he, I would do a trick, and he would like make fun of me, and I, I needed that. We needed that. I needed that scene around me because that's where I grew up with. I grew up in an accepting scene right. that was diverse, and uh, so yeah. So that's when I started to feel a little bit more co- confident. Okay, I started yeah. to learn tricks again. Is this true that the the first when you came here, when you moved here ninety four? You mm. said. Didn't you get the cover of Transworld within like two weeks of being here or something? Yeah, the first time I went down to Transworld, um, I was in Transworld and I was outside the front of Transworld skating the flat ground in the front of, by the front entrance, skating the curbs and stuff like that okay. out front for a while. And Dave Swift came out of the building and said, hey, you ride for Going, right? <laughs> going is a truck company. Yeah. <laughs> you ride for Going trucks, right? Yeah. You want to shoot an ad? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, ah. Sounds like I've been good. Flowed Sounds some fun. trucks from going f- okay. uh, um, from the US to England. Right. So I was sponsored. I had a couple of sponsors before I, I, I came here, and going was one of them. Okay. And so I went. So I didn't know any spots, nothing. Okay, let's go skate. He took me to Oceanside High School, mm-hmm. like Dave Swift did. And there was stairs there. There was like 13 stairs with a rail and I skated the stairs. I popped shove it at the stairs and I, mm. I remember doing it. Like, I didn't know what I was skating. I was going to spot going, this Dave Swift. I know that he's like the editor it's, of Transworld Magazine. He's a great photographer. <laughs> Shit, man, what am I going to do? Got to do, <laughs> gotta do something. <laughs> he's got to leave with the photo. He's got to leave with the photo. Right, right, right. But he didn't even think like that then, right? Sure. It's too yeah. early for that. Yeah. You're just like, okay, let's go skate. See what happens. And we skated the, 
And like I did a pop shove it down the stairs. And I think I did it once or twice. Or, and I'm thinking like, I need to do this 25 times because he's shooting a picture. Every time he shoots the picture, I got to make it. Right. And uh, so I did that. And then I, uh, <laughs> I, that. I got that trick. And then I started to try to 360 kickflip it. And while I was trying it, I think I'd made one, but I wanted to do another one. Hmm. Um, Alfonso Roll showed up. Oh. Wow. Yeah, with um, Winkle. Winkle. Thomas Winkle. Winkle. Wow, okay. Right? And with Jimmy Chadwick. Wow. Uh, and Danny Mayer. No way. It was way. a bird skater. Who Winkle skated was three. around back then? It was natural skateboards. Remember that? Na- yeah. was, it, was it natural? Is that what natural, it's called? Yeah. Natural, right? Yeah. Yeah. They all rode for natural. I think Swift had called them and said, yeah, we're skating here. Come over and with this dude. Now, was this intimidating for you well, at all? Or? Alfonso Rawls. Fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> right? He showed up while I was mid-skating it. And like they kind of sat down on the side while I was skating to make oh, me wow. feel even more comfortable. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Now you have an audience. Skate with me, not at me. Jake Phelps. There you go. Uh, right. Yes. I'm going to mention him whenever he comes into my head because because he's watching. There you go. Um. So that's why I'm right. So I just I did it. I did the trick a few more times for mm-hmm. Dave. And I'm seriously. I was like trying to make every single go. Right? Tray flip. Tray flip. Yeah. I, I did it a, a bunch of times. Okay. Right. Wow. And then. Dave left. He said, hey, I'm going to go back to the mag and like, I'm going to drop these photos off or whatever. And like, you should just stay here and skate. I'm like, how am I going to get in? Alfonso will take you back later. So I stayed and skated with those guys at Oceanside for a little while longer. And then Alfonso drove me back in his BMW M3. Oh, okay. Right? Wow. And, uh, and in the car, I remember the, I had a conversation with, with Alf and he was so respectful and so well mannered. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved the dude he's great. since that day. Like Hell just yeah. with a passion, he's rad. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was so he didn't need to be nice to me. He didn't need to be as welcome, and he made me feel good. Mm. And he said he said nice stuff. He's you know he's like you can ride for anybody doing stuff like that. Is wow. what he said, and that didn't mean anything to me because I didn't even know what I'd just done. <laughs> um, Wait, were you skating stuff like that back like before you skated that stair? You were skating like. Yeah, thirteen stairs. That was yeah. not normal back right. then. It's pretty big. We didn't like where yeah. I grew up in Liverpool. We didn't have a lot of good ledges. Um, we had a lot of stairs and a lot of old architecture. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of gaps and stairs mm-hmm. and drops. So you were used to and jumping. flat ground. Yeah, more so. Yeah. We just didn't have good ledges. We didn't have them. Gotcha. You know, not really. And the ones that we had, we we uh, we skated into the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so we had a couple of really good marble ledges that we'd learn all of our tricks on that, that would always slide. Right. But I skated more like rails and gaps a okay. lot. Okay. And those couple of years before I came here, like I said, I still feel like that was my most progressive period. You know, I always watch kids now. Like I'm a huge fan of skating. Like I watch, fucking, I like I go online looking and watching new and old skate stuff. Yeah. Regularly because I'm a fan. Um, but that period when you're like 13 to 16 years old, if everything clicks, mm. you can progress at such an unprecedented rate yeah. that you'd have a hard time doing it at any other time in your life. Sure. Yeah. If the focus is there, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, so I watch that with like kids that pop up, you know, yeah, they yeah. come up and they're like 16 years old. I'm like, I'm watching them. Okay. I'm watching how their pop develops. Yeah. Right, because I remember when I was 15, 16 years old, I, f- I, I felt like I could ollie much higher than I could ollie now. Yeah. Much higher, because yeah. everything clicked, sure. right? Like, and at that point. But Al- Alfonso, did you remain friends with him after that moment? Because- Well, I didn't know him, right? So he dropped me off at Swift's house and I just appreciated that. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I was a fan of his growing up, watching like all the stuff he did in those old HG videos. Yes. And he was always underrated, always. Yeah. He's fucking great, he had a great style. He was a great street skater too. Incredible and, uh, skater. So I was just a fan of his. So when I met him to to find out that he was a, he was a solid dude, yeah. 
and he and he was accepting of the, a little kid that he'd never met before that skated. I I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, mm. and so like I always respect that. Well, I always respect him as a skater and as a person, just in general. But I will always remember that moment. That's amazing. Wow, yeah. That did, I I love it. everybody loves Alfonso. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he you can come out with a video part today, and it would be it's incredible. Still, he still, looked I've, like he was sixteen years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a young looking guy. He's got that apple yard look, right? <laughs> like, he, <laughs> yeah, steps, he steps on his board, and he just looks good. Looks good. Yeah. Up. So what happens? The magazine comes out or something, and you're on the cover of it. I mean, yeah, the magazine came out and like. I remember looking, picking it up and it just made, it just didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make absolutely any sense. <laughs> the like, tray flip was on the cover. I didn't value me or my skating. I was probably like self-destructive, Okay, you know? Um, but yeah, like I didn't get it. I didn't feel like I was deserving. I didn't feel like, and deserve is such an interesting word, right? Sure. Like I just, I felt like I just came to the US. I didn't know anyone. I was on the cover of the biggest mag that I grew up wanting to be in, yeah, right? Like yeah. I wanted to be in Thrasher and Transville mag and like all the biggest mags, like, you know, as a little kid. And uh, so to be on the front cover of the Transville mag, I felt like I just didn't get it. I didn't, I really didn't get it. I was really thankful. I'm really thankful today for yeah. giving me the opportunity and then putting me in that place. Um, and, uh, you know that I had all the footage from that day and I gave it back to Dave Swift 12 months ago. Oh, really? Oh, whoa. Yeah. I pulled the tapes from Transworld years later because I knew that they could go missing. And That's I, true. I, I needed them for something. I can't remember what huh. it was. And uh, I kept them and gave them back to Dave, the raw tapes from that day that he shot the cover of me on Transworld. So wow. Dave has the raw tapes. Who was filming? Dave Swift. Oh, so he was filming and shooting. Yeah. We shot photos and then he filmed. Probably, he probably... I, don't even remember, but he probably shot a photo, put the camera down, pulled the video camera the up, video, right? <laughs> one at a time, one photo. Okay, sequence this go, and next one yeah. I'll take a still, and and it was like that. Or I think maybe video grab, maybe. It, I, no, I couldn't. Have. No, no, no the, the, cover. Fo the photo wasn't a video grab, but I was trying to remember. I think it ran as a sequence inside the oh, mag. Oh. I think it was a video grab sequence in the mag. Oh, maybe the and cover contents. was that, and then the yeah. contents page. And it was, was in that. a transfer video yeah. or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was then. But, but, uh, but no, it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was totally weird to I be bet. on the front cover of Transville mag, being from another country, and like you're not here a couple knowing. weeks. I was less than. It was less than two weeks. That's insane. Yeah, you know, it was the first time I ever went down to the magazine. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's a bit weird. And that was again like it, it, it opened that door for the first year or two. I'm like, I didn't really know where I was at, you know. Like this sounds ridiculous, but really, I didn't. I really didn't. I was confused a little bit at that time because I'd made a move from from North England to yeah. Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> now you're on the you cover know? of Transworld. I'm on the cover of Transworld. Yeah. I don't know why, and I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm like you said, that that must have opened the door because now here you are, this this new kid in Southern California. You're on the cover of Transworld. I mean, opportunities must have. Yeah, probably. They I mean, probably got some. Who people's is this attention. kid? I remember that. I remember just thinking, like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> Young chap from Liverpool, England. <laughs> Jeff, it's Jeff Rowley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah. So, you know, and then, well, Tom, I mean, Tom was absolutely explosive. He still Tom is. Tom Penny. He still is. You know, he's still, he's still, but he, he, I mean, he, there was that, but like, I wasn't intimidated by, by the way that Tom skating. I grew up skating with Tom and like, mm -hmm. I watched Tom evolve from skating mini ramps into skating flat ground, into skating street. And like, yeah. I watched him progress and learn and develop his street skating while I was, full-time street skater sure 
you know, yeah. in that stage myself where I was jumping down things and like Tom wasn't like the city he grew up in. There wasn't a lot of that. There was, he skated a ramp yeah. a lot more than he skated the street because the street skating wasn't super great mm-hmm. in the city and he skated ramps a bunch. And so like I felt, I just, I was stoked. Yeah. Straight up. Like wow. I was, he was my friend and I loved watching his skateboard and I still do. And it, that yeah. was motivating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Of course. You know, like I've, it wasn't intimidating for me at that time to see him come and just absolutely <laughs> skate everything so beautifully <laughs> every single time that he did it. Beautifully is a correct word yes. too. And it was yeah. natural. Yeah. That was a period where that natural progression for him, that was a big natural progression. Those 12 months before coming here and the first 12 months, mm-hmm. he continued on that trajectory sure. where I felt like I plateaued for a year or two. Oh, really? Like, yeah. But well, I was getting used to my environment, right? Still, like, yeah. Because I was like, I'm not like a very stiff skater. Uh-huh. Like, if you watch me skate, I don't really go straight. Yeah, I don't like to go straight because, and then I'm going where I already know I'm going to go. Yeah, okay. I enjoyed. I enjoy a little, even though I'm not like a very like a carver. I'm not a guy that can drop in on tranny and like just flow like the wind. Mm-hmm. But on street skating, I enjoy to skate like that. I enjoy skating like that, and I, it took me a little while to get used to street skating in, in mm. the U.S. Just the terrain. Yeah, it's too good. It's something you don't hear too often. Yeah. But. It was too perfect, and right. it was too it was too good, and I, and it didn't it didn't really help my skating. Um, but Tom did like yeah. the way that when Tom was skating like that, like it let us all know that it, it, we can do it, right? Yes. Um, but also uh, with 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 that. Um, it was motivating to see it. Yeah, I bet. Right? And like Tom went like, was hanging out with different dudes that I was hanging out with, hmm. you know, but we all skated together. Right. Like I wasn't drinking and, and, and smoking and mm. doing anything that period. I moved to the US and I didn't drink for the first four years. First four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you drinking back in Liverpool? Till the day I got on the flight. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so the day before, yeah, because I, 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 I flew out from London, right? So the night before I went to a bar and I was only just being able to get into bars because yeah. I just turned... 18, 18 and I looked like I was 12 <laughs> <laughs> but in England you can go into bars when right, you're much younger there was no ID yeah, I was yeah. going to bars from you know a little bit younger than 18 but I looked so young I couldn't really get in but I was still getting in before I was 18 um, so I drank yeah I went to like a pool hall it's called the 147 I think and played and had a couple of beers and, oh. and played pool and then flew to the US and then I drank and it wasn't intentional I wasn't 21 right I flew in here, I didn't have any friends, didn't know anybody. Right. Who's going to buy me beer? You could still get (laughs) beer. It wasn't my focus. I I don't really care. Around your friends is different, but when I went to, you know, to a foreign place, I I wasn't sitting there chilling with a a beer because I didn't, I didn't have anyone to chill. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. do it by myself. That wasn't my focus at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sitting there having a beer by myself every night at 18. That wasn't my, my focus. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just was, it wasn't. And it never has been. Whenever my drinking or whenever anything like becomes a distraction, I always remind myself why I do it. Yeah, it's true. Right? Like if I want to eat away and pick away at it, mm-hmm. you know, then go ahead but you'll never win that battle yeah you know alcohol and drugs they win every single time yeah right and my skating to me is more important to allow something like that to come in and destroy it yep there Mm. you go well when tom came out uh did you kind of see something special was going on like with his skateboarding your skateboarding what you were doing did you feel anything at that moment or are you just like uh whatever i'm just living life no i mean he was tom was incredible yeah still like that you watch him skate and he's incredible yeah right like he's super creative in his head like mm-hmm. thinking about tricks and the way to do things, right? Like, and he was like that then. And uh, like I said, he, I watched him kind of start 
on that path, like where he was really progressing his street skating and then he moved over here. Uh. And I feel like, you know, I'd already kind of started that before I came to the US, like skating a lot bigger street stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like pushing myself quick. But when I came here, I stalled it a little bit because I didn't know the spots. I didn't right. know where I was going and all that. And I wasn't confident confident in myself hmm. at that moment. Yeah. But seeing Tom do it, you know, like it's... I feel like you had to be a big influence on him because he started skating bigger stuff when he came out here, it seemed like. We're different skaters, you know? And it comes back to, again, like uh, I skated a lot with Appleyard. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed skating with Mark. Mm-hmm. And Mark's like when he's at his best he's the happiest skater around and it's rad to watch and it's rad to be around Mm -hmm. and like when I'm skating a lot in the past now I'm a little more calmer than I was when I was a little bit younger but I have a little bit more of an aggressive approach Mm -hmm. right like and I would go to those spots with with Mark Mm -hmm. Appleyard right that's the best kind of like yin yang side of it that I can give you like the Tom thing where We didn't skate the same, so we could skate the same spot and we're not doing the same thing. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Even if we're doing the same trick, we're not doing it the same. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's like that a little bit. Yeah. You know, a little bit. And so I always enjoyed being around it. Yeah. You okay. know, and I, I like, when I first met Tom, I skated on a mini ramp with him outside one of the big European contests. And I didn't even know who he was. Oh, wow. And I was skating a mini ramp outside the contest in the parking lot and it was just beer everywhere and trash everywhere. Just one of those old European contests, everything went. Mm-hmm. And I was skating the ramp and I'd seen him in English mags and he was on the platform. And I think he was the only English speaking person on the platform or something like that. Because him and I started talking and we started going, hey, can you do that trick? What about this one? Can you do that one? I can do this one, but can you do that trick? Right, on yeah, the right, yeah. So that's like the first time I skated with him. Gotcha. Wow. So it's always been like that. Yeah. Right? Like to this day. Wow. That's what it feels like to skate with Tom. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. For me. Like I just feel comfortable. Yeah. Right, right. You know, so, so watching him do those things, doesn't matter how rad the trick is or how small it is it feels the same to me mm-hmm. you know where like i see him on the on the high end and go yes but on the low end it's just as impressive sure. yeah, yeah yeah you know and uh you know so i don't know i think that's important you know and i think apple is a good good one on that where yeah. like mark didn't skate like really big obstacles and mm-hmm. he didn't want to necessarily when i first started skating with him i think i remember him saying i don't want to do those big rails i don't want to do those big things right like you don't have to do you yeah yeah you know and it works i mean he did skate big stuff though that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. But, but nobody told him to yeah, yeah, yeah. he did it himself because yeah. he wanted to yeah and that's like your environment sure you know when your progression your skating is huge you know yeah. huge were you on airwalk at this point Point yeah. In time? I was getting flowed out walk shoes. Getting flowed. Yeah. Okay. You eventually got on. Yeah, I got on when I moved here, like to the States kind of permanently. Like they give me shoes permanently. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what airwalks were you skating? What was the shoe that His you... His own pro model. It was before that though. Right? <laughs> um, I, I, I was a, it was a great brand. Like yep. growing up now, it's like looked at as this terrible Payless kind of, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. awful cut rate budget brand. But sure. like when I was growing up, it was super progressive. They yeah. made great skateboard shoes and uh, I rode for them back then, yeah. right? Like and all of my favorite guys that I wanted to skate, like half of them rode for, uh, you either rode for Airwalk or Vance. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because it was the only really shoe companies that were in skate that put money into our industry that supported it and that made skate shoes mm-hmm. straight up yeah and uh you know and so yeah i wrote i wrote for them okay so i started skating with you know dudes that rode for that for that shoe company you yeah. know yeah. like 
Steve Barrow, yeah, guys like that, and like South Street Skate with them, like you know, Jeremy Klein, and yes, guys, and yeah, I think Ed Thompson wrote for Vans at that time. Mm. I think he did. Yeah, okay, full canvas. Would you ever skate the yellow NTSs? Yes. Oh, you did. I was trying to think whether I had the green ones or the yellow ones. Were they green or yellow? I think I had the green ones. The green? No. In an old video, did you see yellow ones in an old video or green ones? I can't remember. Yellow or green? They were crazy. I did. Yes, I did. (laughs) But I had had all of those old shoes. I had you know the seven twenties, five forties, the gym shoe, the one shoe. The sorries are the best. Um, the sorries. Yeah, were a great shoe. Um, and yeah, I did. Yeah. I was a huge fan of their shoes. They made great shoes back then. For sure. Yeah. yeah. They haven't done since that day. <laughs> but they did. So yeah, so that was one of, you know, one of my sponsors. There you go. And then eventually you got on uh, Vans. I mean, yeah, much on, later, it was about... Well, I wrote, I wrote for Airwalk. I had like one or two pro shoes in Airwalk, but they'd already, like the company had already changed hands. It was oh. already going down the wrong direction and it had bad ownership and, 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 and they weren't, they were making crappy shoes and they didn't know how to make shoes anymore. They'd forgotten who they were and what brand they were. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and so it was frustrating, like, you know, because... imagine. Like, again, like the guy that designed those shoes, like those were shoes I grew up like just wanting to own, sure. not being able to afford. And he still worked there. So I was like psyched. Yeah. Like his name was Sin and he was a he was a skate photographer and he shot great photos that were in Transworld and he was a shoe designer and just an incredible person. And he kept you know, he was the reason why I stayed riding for that company. And uh yeah, and then, you know, there was a few other shoe companies starting at the time. DC had been around for like a couple of years, okay. I think, and uh Lakai was just about to start and mm-hmm. uh and I didn't really like any other shoes. Like mm. Straight up, I was 22 years old. Um, I, I still to this day love Fugazi, Minor Threat, East Coast hardcore music, and like Ian McKay always wore like black canvas, uh, vulcanized eras, mm-hmm. Vans, yeah, basically. And at that period of time, like I just started drinking. You know, I didn't drink from when I was 18 to 22, and I just started drinking again and. You know, just probably just wanted to get laid and look good. And I loved, I loved, <laughs> I loved the fact that like I could look down at my shoes and be in a bar, and I felt like well put together. And then I could go street skate down the street, and I felt like I had skate shoes on. Right. Yeah. Mm. I liked that, and uh, and honestly, like I got a huge confidence boost when I put on a pair of true crepe rubber shoes. That now, like you could go and try and find a pair of true crepe shoes. Like the commodity in itself is so expensive. <laughs> There was so much grip. It gave me so much confidence when I skated that when I started wearing Vans, I was buying them from Vans skate Vans stores across Southern California oh. before I rode for them for you know, for a while. And then I started riding for them. I was still buying them from stores in Southern California because I was trying to buy all the old dead stock made in USA black and blue canvas eras. Oh. And uh, I was just buying them all up because that's what I like to skate in. And, you know, I, I could have rode from some of the other shoe companies that are around that I, I had a lot of respect for, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to. I, mm. I, I wanted to wear like black canvas eras and I wanted to feel good and be confident. And, and that to me is priceless. Yeah. And when you skate, and when we were skating the bigger rails and bigger stuff that we were skating at that time, the confidence, the grip that I, that I had that <laughs> I didn't have the day before I put those van shoes on <laughs> right right and this isn't a paid commercial just so you know it's just straight up not this is the truth yeah and i took a, a 50 percent pay cut to go from airwalk to vans oh, to wow. ride for vans because i just wanted to ride for vans yeah. and uh and that company was going through uh, different times you know it'd been through a bunch of different hands and it was doing pretty good but it was not necessarily it didn't necessarily have the best leadership or guidance mm-hmm. as a brand or with its product but I loved the product. Yeah. 
and I loved the Steve Van Doren's family and what their family built. And mm-hmm. that's what I looked at for inspiration. And that's where I looked for motivation. And that's who I rode for. Yeah. I was sponsored by Steve Van Doren's family. That's amazing. That, you know, so I was buying all the Made in USA shoes that they manufactured in Southern California. They were either made in Santa Ana or San Diego. Oh. And, um, you know, so that's what happened. <laughs> that's how I started riding for vans, pretty much. And they didn't really have a lot of skaters in the building yeah. at that time. So... Um, I was fortunate enough to get a little bit of creative control and an opportunity to showcase whatever it was that I wanted to showcase through the brand, through my you know ads or, or mm-hmm. shoes. So. Mm-hmm. so you were literally wa- riding for Airwalk, buying vans. No, I quit riding for Airwalk, and oh, then there did. was a period. Well, right at the tail end of it, I remember throwing a pair of shoes up in a tree when I was in Buena Park, <laughs> skating a rail, trying to do a trick that I thought I could do, and I, and it was the shoes. It was the there's, Blame your tools. Yeah. I'm blaming my tools. <laughs> it was bullshit. My shoes would not perform. <laughs> they wouldn't perform, so I threw them in a tree. Okay. And I said to myself, I'm never, ever wearing those shoes ever again. Wow. That's it. They're in that tree, and they're going to fucking stay in that tree. <laughs> they might be there now. <laughs> and it was in Buena Park. It was a little handrail that Jeremy Ray did the first frontside 360 Ollie lip on ever. Oh. Wow. oh. It was a little practice rail. Yeah. Like four or five stairs, and it was angled, so it was easy to throw tricks at. You couldn't even, what I were you trying? Do the what trick. were you trying? I was trying to do a backside 360. 60 flip lip. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it sounds stupid, right? <laughs> I didn't, I, I had no board control. I, I had new samples that were from Air Walker or whoever I was riding for at the time. Alleged, allegedly riding for Air Walker. What's that? Samples are never right. I'm sample size. Van samples usually work. <laughs> yeah. But they, they didn't, they just, they were all, all going way left field. Their product was just wow. turning to shit. And, huh. and uh, yeah, and that's what happened. So, and I didn't really like what Vans was making at the time neither. Hmm. They made, like all the skate shoes at that period were all super, we all wore them, right? Yeah. They were super puffy. They had big puffy ankles, big puffy tongues. No board feel. No board feel. But just aesthetically, they'd gone, They'd gone almost like to like a fashion thing than an actual performance or like a function. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, like there was mm-hmm. still rubber ollie pads on a lot of those technical shoes, right? And like, I'm not talking shit on that, like really, but there's better shoes for skating than that, right? Like foam is not going to give you much protection, mm-hmm. right? And uh, better materials and better processes and that will give sure. you, you know, a better product. And uh, I felt like even what Vans had from like the 60s was better than what everyone else was making. There was something in that DNA that made them skate better. And it was the grip, it was the fit, it was the aesthetic. Mm. And uh, and it was des- they were designed and built for skating. So I, I kind of like took took that a little bit and, and tried to run with that. Right, right. I wanted to make Vans skate shoes skatable. And I wanted to make all of their skate shoes skatable. When you got on Vans, you were still buying the mm. old shoes yeah and I had the team manager uh, Ignacio Willanuva um, uh, you know going to all like Southern California Vans retail stores to buy every dead stock they could find no of way. those <laughs> old canvas made in USA eras uh-huh. and uh, and then Scott Sismus who's still like works in the surf department he's, I think he manages the whole surf category um, he was he was a skate team manager at the time too or like was part of that uh, crew um, managing the skate guys uh-huh. And they were pretty much the only real skaters in the whole building, if oh, I remember. Damn. Maybe one other person, maybe, wow. in the whole building. Um, it's all changed. Yeah. 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 Hey, like, <laughs> thankful. Like, we have a lot of skaters that, r- that work with Vans. Totally. Like, yeah. It's rad. Well, how long after you got on Vans did you get a shoe? Straight away. Straight away? Designed yeah. your own shoe? I had a three-year contract. Um, this I was think in it what, was 99, 2000? 90, late 98 uh, is when I got sponsored by mm-hmm. Vans. Okay. And uh, I had a... Uh, 
I was able to develop a shoot. Wow. One a year, three years, I think. Huh. Um, at my discretion. Is that the shoe totally. behind you right there? Yeah, this is this another paid advertisement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, we're reissuing the shoe and comes out at the end of summer. It was wow. my first shoe. It came out like uh, in early 1999. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and so, like, the first chance I got to kind of, like, do a shoe for Vans, I wanted to improve upon without changing what I liked about the shoe, which was the, the vulcanized construction and the grip that the true crepe outsole mm -hmm. and the compound gave you. So I started there, and then I wanted to add a little bit more pad into the sock liner because Vans Volk shoes, historically, have been uh, are not as the original ones, aren't as comfortable. We don't mm -hmm. have the technology. We didn't have the technology then that we have now. Mm -hmm. So that was it. Like, little thin, Add too. performance to what I already liked about a Vans black canvas era. Right. Which is why there's all like rubber underlays on all of the panels. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a U-throat so you don't bake your laces very much. What is that? U-throat? What What's that? Like this. The way that it's built, it won't yeah. open up. If it opens oh, up, it goes you're... all the way down. Yeah, okay. It would be a chucker. Right. Or a blucher, right? Mm -hmm. That would be the name of the construction. But I like U-throats right in here, hmm. right? Because it pull, you can close in the front eye row and it makes it harder for you to break your laces, yeah. right? So when I designed this shoe, the first thing I wanted is I liked the, the, the canvas era because you didn't break your laces in right. it. So I wanted a U-throat with a real tight um, front, front eye row. Okay. Right, so you barely ever break your laces in this shoe. And then the rubber underlays were there to reinforce the stitch, which we all always blow our stitch out, right? Yep. So the reinforced underlays in the Oli pad area were for that. Hmm. And then it had like an actual proper sock liner, which no Volk shoes for Vans had had before that. And a little bit of padding in the tongue, a little bit, not a lot, a right. little bit, and then a little bit in the collar. And yeah, it was yeah, yeah. It was we designed that in like, you know, late 98, early 1999. And, and uh, we, I think we took it off the market at I think 2007 or something, oh. because it's a hard shoe to manufacture. Is just it? Just the way that they build the shoe around the last, the mold of the shoe. So mm. we pulled it off oh. the market because the factories that we were using at the time weren't doing a real good job at it. And so we're reissuing it now yes, after all these awesome. years because it's 20 years of me riding for vans, which is insane. That's insane. <laughs> you know, yeah. And like humbled by that and thankful. And we're bringing this out like at the end of July and it's, I don't know. It was my favorite shoe. It was the first shoe that, yeah. we, that we kind of did. It was great. Different colors, obviously, too. Different yeah. colorways and stuff. Yeah, it comes out at the end of summer, probably in 400,000 colors. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, um, that kind of looks like it'd be a nineclub colorway right I there. I know. Hey, you know what? Let's, is, can we right? just look? <laughs> you want to do it or not? You can do them. Let's, just, let's do this <laughs> now. Let's just let's, let's just slap a uh, a woven nineclub label on there. We'll call it a day. You could screen, you know screen print the sock liner. But, um, <laughs> when you came out with that, that shoe into that first shoe how, how did vans what did vans think of it uh were they, they were they fully they behind it or were they shoes at um well that's what i'm saying this is something totally different they didn't want to sample it they didn't want to make it they said mm. they said that they this was at the time i can i'm going to say this this isn't negative this is positive we're all positive <laughs> at the time vans wasn't using the side stripe the little okay uh, yeah, yeah as a brand sure they weren't using the little skateboard off the wall logo right. that everyone's familiar with. Mm -hmm. They weren't using it as mm. a brand. Okay. They weren't using the vans with the flying V, so the V that goes across it. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. They had a whole different branding package okay. at the time, and they weren't making very Vulca many vulcanized shoes because no one really appeared yeah, to want was, them. Right, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. big and bulky. Yeah, yeah that's cup soles were in. Yeah. yeah, like more yeah. padded stuff. So um, that was a challenge Yeah, for the first year. At first, they wouldn't sample the shoe. They didn't see how, it, like, that's not our logo. That's not, a, a side stripe doesn't sell for us. Nobody's going to know that it's a Vans. No one wants to buy a vulcanized shoe. Right. Like, that's outdated. That's old school. Hmm. But it, but 
So it was a little bit frustrating. For yeah, a little yeah, bit of I like, hey, imagine. I just quit this company. I took a 50% pay cut and now yeah. I'm running this company and I can't even sample the shoe that I want. Right. right. And the president made me wait a week, which was kind of uncomfortable. And then he called me back after a week and said, well, sample it. Oh. And he sampled it and it came back and we liked the way it looked, but it was definitely looked different. Like if you looked at the Vans catalogs at that period with that shoe in the middle of all the other puffy shoes, it looked strange. It looked like sure. another brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's and, what uh, I'm saying. And it didn't sell for the first year because a lot of retailers hadn't bought Vans for a couple of years. Mm. And like, um, and it wasn't Vans that was the issue. It was that the, the skate shoes were changing. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and the skate shops didn't, were, looking for something new, I think. But at the same time, um, like Vans wasn't really making a lot of shoes that they wanted to cover their wall in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so they didn't want to buy it, hmm. like for the for a little while. And then skate kids started to come in the skate shop and go, hey, I saw this shoe in the mag and like, it's a Vans shoe. Like, do you guys sell it or can I buy it? It's a skate shoe. Hmm. And, and the skate shop started buying it, you know? There you go. Like, so it took a little bit, a little while, but I'd say it was done the right way, yeah. though, you know. Yeah. But it was pretty gnarly for being twenty-three years old, right? Like a little a kid going, sure, fuck, like, yeah, you know, I, I, am I going to be sponsored next week? I know. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, it's a huge risk, you know. But you were designing something that worked for you. Like if I get product and it works right, and it's hard to compromise hard. that when yeah. you know that. When it works, you can do better stuff than when you don't have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with shoes, it's your first point of contact. Once I started like, skating in that true kind of rubber compound um, and the vulcanized process, which molds to your feet, yes. you know, it does. It molds to your feet and it takes shape with your foot and it, and it has a memory. And that memory knows how you do a kickflip. <laughs> the vulcanized construction, it does give you more of that custom fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to compromise that ever. Right, right. I skate better when I don't. There you and go. And that's priceless, right? You can't buy that. 100%. So that's kind of where I was at. It was frustrating for a little bit, but yeah. well, you the, get, the, the brand, the brand, this is like the important thing to think of really is at that time, the brand listened to a skater. Yes. And, and you're, you're from you're the top the, down, from the president down, they listened to the skater and they did what the skater was asking for and what they needed in product. And it worked. As they should, though. Yeah. The skaters are the are on the forefront. But you're using their DNA to give, you're like, you're, I'm using what you guys have already done. I think the product, you know I, what I mean? I'm taking influence from the, the first skate shoe. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Which Tony Alva. Was, I think a big you know, problem, though, too, though, is like, um, Vans used to make all their shoes here in California, whatever, and mm-hmm. then, they obviously had like they had, they were, like, they had to move their manufacturing overseas and, yeah. and and the nature of that whole industry just changed. And people right? overseas just didn't know how to make a, a, the proper Volk shoe. So I think they just were like, all right, we'll make a cup. And they just kind of ran with that. There's, there's some of that, but also like the vulcanized process is quite labor intensive, mm-hmm. right? It's expensive. Yeah, like, and it is. It is. It, yeah. they, they, they bake them a couple of times yeah. and like it's expensive and it has parameters yeah. and doing high volume and it's hard. So it's not like from a brand standpoint, if you own a business and you're going to go, okay, let's put all of our eggs into that basket. It's kind of a gnarly one. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially at that time when it's not proven. What's that? They probably make less money off Volk shoes because of how much work it takes to make them. Yeah. 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 And true rubber compound is expensive. Yeah. True crepe. Sure. Yeah. You know? So they weren't selling at first. <laughs> yeah. They and weren't. is that when you did the 50-50 down the... Uh, Staple Center that hubba was, that showed you. Yeah, yeah. These, these do work, actually. I was wearing Made in USA canvas eras in oh, the photograph. Were? Okay. Yeah. So those were ones that I purchased from some random shop in Southern California from who were, wherever. That's amazing. I was wearing those canvas eras and that. And, uh, and then we designed the shoe, right? So that was my first ad. Okay. Like for Vans. It was just a Vans ad. And then- uh, What and were then you we, thinking, bro? grind that thing. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big, it's a... 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by Shake Junt. Yep, the company that keeps you going in these streets. Need that perfect grip for your flick? Bearings that just don't stop? Bolts to keep your trucks on tight? Look no further. ShakeJunt.com has what you need. Grip, bearings, bolts, skateboards, rails, riser pads, grip tape cleaner, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and everything else in between. Treat yourself and save a couple bucks by entering 9Club at checkout. Yep, 20% off everything. Just enter 9Club, N-I-N-E-C-L-U-B at ShakeJunt.com. Get there while you can. Yeah. But how do you, how did you, you just like came across it? You're like, I'm going to fucking grind that I, thing, I, dude. No, like at that time, right? Like, uh, you had Jamie Thomas and Andrew Reynolds and Heath Kirchart and like all these guys got, trying to skate bigger stirs, bigger rails, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were pushing at that pretty heavy. And like, I knew all the spots that like were in Southern California that were right in front of everyone. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was one of the spots that's right on the freeway. You can see it's in downtown LA. You can see the freaking thing from the freeway. From space. You can from see space, it. From space. You can see it. We <laughs> all drove past yeah. it. Yeah. We were all skating downtown LA, skating Wilshire rails and all that kind of stuff a bunch. So we all looked at it. But that period, and this is, this is, I was talking to somebody about this this morning. Mm. There's a certain amount of etiquette. There was a certain amount of respect for each other. Yeah. To where if like, let's say Heath Kirchhoff, uh grinded at UCI, that big 50-50 that he did where he grinded it. And then there was like a four foot gap and two or three stirs. And yeah. 50-50. It was fucking yeah. sick, right? Yeah. We'd all seen that spot, but he got to it first. Sure. He stepped on it first, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't want to skate that spot. Right. Because Heath looked at it like that the first, mm-hmm. skated it, got it. I'm like, I could have skated that. Heath could have skated the Staples Center. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't right. want to skate things that anyone else skated. I wanted to find these gnarly spots. Look at them and go, everyone's looking at that. Everyone has seen that. It's right in front of everybody. Is we need to hit that. I'm going to touch it. Yeah. Someone needs to hit that thing. I felt like that a lot about those really big like stirs and rails. Mm-hmm. Like you come in, you come in quietly, you get it done, <laughs> and you get out. Right. And everyone goes, what? Drops. He did what? He skidded that. I get a kick out of that. Yeah, I think it's yeah, fun. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and uh, you know, so it was that really. Like I see it off the freeway and I remember seeing it, it was when they were building the building. The, building. the convention center. The convention yeah. center. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I remember checking it just pulling off the side of the freeway going, I'm just going to look at it. I was by myself. <laughs> and there's another spot there as well that's never been skated. That's like it, but someone needs to do it. Um, <laughs> you, won't, you won't say what you it is. Yeah, you're going to come in quietly. And <laughs> Well, when I, gr- when I skated it and grinded it today, I wanted to go back and do this other thing okay. that I saw that was like another step up from Above, that. Above, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll explain to you and I'll show you and maybe we can get somebody today, maybe we can kind of pin it and somebody can go and do it. <laughs> you don't right? want to sneak in quietly and go do it? This is a... Uh, Jeff Rowley challenge. I know. <laughs> you know, I did look at it this morning. I didn't go to the spot, but I was looking at the video footage because we're working on some vans, like stuff for the brand campaign. And oh, we were cool. looking at some of that old footage. Yeah. And uh, I was looking at it in the background, that thing, <laughs> that thing, I need to do that. Right. Like, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> and I went and looked at it. I went and looked at it. It's about, it's about chest to neck height, yeah. right? Like if you at stand the top. at the top. Sure. Right. And uh, so I remember looking at it going, 
okay, if I step back and give it the golf the golf look, and then you get low, and get, you look yeah. at, okay, if I just go straight and acid drop, where am I going to land? Right. If I go straight and acid drop, i got to acid drop 12, 13 stairs before I'm going to land on it. Uh-huh. So I knew if I ollied like a good height, like waist height, that I would have to ollie down about eight or nine stairs. Okay. So can I ollie like eight or nine stairs and then land on like a waist high ledge? Right. That's kind of what I just kept telling myself in my head of like, if I get from there to there, mm-hmm. it's going down. Yeah. If I go too slow the first go, I am fucked yeah. royally and like straight up <laughs> screwed. Yeah. Because it's a high ledge, you can't grab it and you're going to be going backwards because it's steep. Yes. So that's all I thought. I'm like, I look back and went, if I go fast and I'm confident that day, I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. So right. I just looked at it and went, I can do it. And I left. You left straight I away. I left straight away. And I'm like, I, it's doable. I can do it. But I don't know if I can, but it's doable. <laughs> and then I just called Dan Sturt and said, meet me here. You know, meet, meet me here. And I had Thomas Campbell staying with me. Mm-hmm. You know, and who's uh, an incredible photographer, artist. If he's staying everything. with everything. Okay. Yeah. And he, he was staying outside of my house, I think, in his Volkswagen bug because he was surfing a bunch. We mm. got early, but he would sleep outside in his Volkswagen bug because he's... Yeah, that's what he'd do. <laughs> but he wanted to come that day. I'm like, dude, you can't come. You can't, can't come. Dan will freak out. Oh, like, bring in another photographer and the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, you know, it's... There's you a, could have shot 16, though. No, there's a... There's, you don't show up, you know, when you're making a movie with somebody with someone else, necessarily. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I understood that. And, like, I, I, I understood a little bit more what Dan's mind was that, just in general, with that stuff. So out of respect for him, I would never do that. Right. Right? And... Uh, but Thomas was there that day. He filmed it from a bush, 16 mil. And okay. that was a Vans commercial, but no one else, no one knew he was there. Oh, you, oh, he Dan commandoed it in the... Daniel Heldster to this day doesn't know that Thomas Campbell was at the convention <laughs> center when I grinded it. He was in the bushes filming 16 mil. That's amazing. No I know. <laughs> but you knew, right? I knew. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I didn't want him to be there because I knew if Dan caught a glimpse out of him, he would, he would leave. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yeah. Right. And so and I didn't want that. I was trying to do something that I didn't know I should shouldn't be there in general. I shouldn't have been trying to skate that thing. But I've made the call. Right. Yeah. I had like the skate photographer that I just idolized growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and I was a huge fan of like Thomas yeah. like Campbell. Right. Yeah. So it's hugely flattering that he even cared and would want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we did. We went back there and did there and checked it out. And I just looked at him and, and, and I know, and I know that I remember seeing Sturt, Dan Sturt and Dan's like shot some of the like craziest stuff ever. Yeah. He didn't look, he looked concerned. <laughs> okay. He looked concerned. And, uh, but I knew that if I turned around, I went back and I pushed full speed and I landed where I wanted to go, that I was going to get to the bottom. Right. And that's all I did. It's just pushing yourself. Yeah. It's no different than trying to do a new trick on a ledge. You know you can do, but your body's never moved that way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certain amount of like, I, I, I know I, I have an idea. I can see it. I can visualize what I'm trying to do, but I don't know what's going to happen. And the confidence too. The confidence. But you also don't know if that one go, the first go you go, you go like, I got this, but you land front side feeble. Oh. <laughs> and then you, yourself, you, yeah. you might not wake up from when the that when the spots get that big there's no there, there, you have to pretty much be fine with passing away you have to be fine with like taking a ridiculously bad slam because yeah. the second that's going to happen what are you going to do right if you're skating a roof gap and you hit the rock right when you're about oh. to take off what are you going to do nothing Pre- yeah. preparation is yeah. everything with those with those bigger stuff and it's not even serious it's just preparation but it has to be done you know what about the wax or something i mean did you know like how did you even know it was going to grind all the way down i rubbed I mean, my trucks on it and it felt painted but did um, you, did you, did you i have another story like you, that okay right where 
I was how many tries first of all before six or seven goes six or seven okay with the make I gotcha um and I and I think the third go I did land frontside feeble and that was the first oh. one where I went oh dude if I land anything like that again I am done because yeah. I, I went straight to my hip you know your hip joint oh and straight to my elbow and you know what that feels like it feels like somebody has just grabbed your guts and just thrown yeah. them on the floor oh geez. um it felt like that and so I'm like dude I gotta go one or two more goes because like I need maximum strength right yes. yeah. You know, so you 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 bite, you're fighting the odds a little bit yeah. with that too. It's just like, hey, how many goes? How many times can I jump? You know, going whatever, however fast sure. you go, 15, 20 miles an hour down. Like, I don't know how many stairs it is. It's probably twenty stairs. It's or something a, it's, like that. it's like, insane. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it, but it's a massive hub. You're jumping it's down those stairs, yeah. run, going full speed. So <laughs> it is. There it is. You do only get a window. Yeah. Like no matter who you are, you only get a window, and uh, you know so. Like I don't, I don't have it. Like usually I don't have any adrenaline. Like when I'm skating shit like that, like because if you have adrenaline, it's gonna kill you probably. What do you mean no adrenaline? You're just Peace. you're you're calm. You're yeah. You're just, really yeah. yeah. Inside yeah. Hmm. You would yeah. feel, I would feel, feel like you're. You think you're like, you would get, <laughs> yes. like just, can we do this right? No. Not really. Calm, mellow. Yeah. Just clear mind. Yeah. That's why it looks so effortless yeah. when he do, does it. Do, now, are you probably. blacking out too? Are you blacking out no, in the middle like, of it? The, no, the energy's there, right? Mm. The energy and the passion for like going at it is the, but you have to have, maintain control. Yeah, of but course. Also too, it seems you do so much stuff like that that you're somewhat used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could get killed being used to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did you ever have the blackout phase where you you do a, a gnarly trick and you, you're just rolling away? I don't know. I don't remember completely going black. Hmm. That would be kind of sick though. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. No, I don't really remember that. Okay. Like, no, I definitely have preparation for all of that stuff. Sure. And like now it's like, then I, I, it looked like I was very serious. Like I didn't skate with you a lot, right? Right, right. Chris. Right. Like, but right. we were we were skating around the mm -hmm. same circles and everything totally. like that. And and uh, like I know I rubbed off as like being a lot more, you know, abrasive, mm. aggressive. Maybe. Okay. But it, when I was skating a lot of time, out like that's just the way I look. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that's like I grew up and like it, they call it a scowl, right? And then like yeah. you just kind of look just in, industrial and burnt and burnt out but um no you know like that's the truth of it huh. I, I was i was thinking about that the other day because it's you know like how many goes do you get before that thing that happens happens and it just happens right in front of you yes what are you gonna do that those kind of things i think about that and that's what keeps me safe hmm interesting i'd be freaking out making those videos if if like i was trying to escape those things every day and i was like jazzed up with crazy adrenaline right. wanting to just roid everybody <laughs> you know um, so it, it, there was that I mean I definitely had that like I definitely would shout at myself to like do things to motivate myself to not be a freaking pansy you know yeah what was the other story you were about to tell with the oh, uh, wax in a hat you know, what is it like those those spots like I skated a rail at the end of uh, Belmont in Long Beach, Belmont Pier, mm -hmm. the Veterans Memorial Pier, there used to be a rail going across the water at the end of it. Really? And it was a really fat, flat, like 12 stair rail and uh, Nick Trapasso got the That's cover. That's you skated at night? I skated at night, but Nick Trapasso did a, oh, a 5 on it. It was yeah. cover of Transworld, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. I, I skated it like a two year, year before that mm -hmm. and grinded it at one o'clock in the morning wow. in the dark because I wanted to fall in the river in the night. <laughs> yeah. never, sorry, the, the ocean. The ocean. <laughs> well, I thought, if you're gonna do that, during the night, yeah, because then it's, if you do fall in the water, you're fucked. 
pretty much. Right. If you're going to do it, like, you you're already see, committed though. to doing it. How are you? Well, that's what I thought would be pretty gnarly, right? Like, if you filmed, like, doing a rail over, war, over the ocean. Yeah. Like, it's, whatever, 500 yards into the ocean. Mm-hmm. And you're grinding a flat 12-stair rail over the water. Uh-huh. I get kicked out of weird shit like that because no one had skated it. I looked at it and went, it's right here in Long Beach, right next to the Belmont ledges right. that are like iconic, legendary, like street spot in every video since the dawn of time. It's at the end of that pier. Yeah. yeah. The first trick in uh Sorry video. Okay. Or one of them where I, I, I try to do a fakey nose grind on Dude. like a steep rail and I just hit my face on the floor. Oh, that was oh. Dude, your whole body okay. just goes the same time. Yeah. It there's there's no preparation. You just you just. I had that. <laughs> <laughs> and you got that trick, Chris. That's a trick that you're really good. That's, at. Oh, the, the thank fake you, bro. nose grind. Yes. Yeah, you're really good at. Very few. But you not on a and Ava. Yeah, never on a street. You, you and Ava are really good at it. Not a lot of people are really good at that trick. Um, I, mean, I like to balance. You got to balance. Some people scrape. Beeble's got a good one. Beeble too. Beeble too. I'm yeah. the, in the mindset that if your wood hits, it's not a five zero. Yes. It's some kind of crooked grind, fake treat, cheating thing that you're doing. <laughs> but it's not for me to judge everyone else's skating. My skating, if I do a 5-0 down a rail, I don't want my tail to touch. You can't touch. If I do a crook, crooked grind like that, I want it locked and awkward and crooked grinded. If right. I'm doing a nose grind, it's not an over-rotated crooked grind. Yeah. Fuck no. Right. It's a cold cannon. It's a cr- the wood doesn't touch, it balances. There you go. That's why it's, you're grinding on your nose. You're cheating if you're putting down. It's like cheating. a stabilizer on your BMX bike. Yeah. There's a point where you have to get rid of it. <laughs> you know? But I always felt like that, like form is important. Yes. You, you know? need a lick. But my, yeah. to, to answer the question that you asked me 10, yes. 20 minutes ago, um, that rail, I went, to, I grinded it, right? So I did that and I went back, I wanted to lip slide it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went back early morning, like right when first light came out with Joe Crawlick. Okay. And we went to the end of the pier and it had bird shit all over the rail. From when I'd gone there a week before, oh, a bird oh. had gone to town on the rail and just pooped <laughs> all the way down it. I mean, it's seagulls. It's a, it's a, it's a the Belmont Veterans Memorial Pier. The rail's gone now, so mm. one of you young guns who hits rails can't stay it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone, find your own. And Which, uh, <laughs> what trick were you gonna try? The lip slide, yeah. right? But it had poo all over it. It was dry bird poo, so I waxed it. Oh, shit. Halfway down thinking, if I get on, it feels not too bad right where I'm going to get on. But right at the end, there's a lot of bird poop and it's real dry. I don't want to get to the stick. end and stick right and fall in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Or worse, just lunge forward and mm. hit the rail on the side and fall in the water and knock down. Right. And uh, that was playing on me. So I'm like, just wax it because if it slides, you'll get to where you need to go. Yeah. I waxed it. I slipped out and broke my ankle really bad in oh, two places. Fuck. And uh, so there's your answer. Don't always wax. I no. hate wax. I'll wax stuff, but I'll wax it to move it. I won't wax it to make it grind. Like, I, I don't know. I don't like to sit and lock. And no, that's why I mentioned no. if you put your nose down and the wood, you can stand up straight. Yeah. Watch people at skate rails now. They stand completely up straight like that. That's true. How do they do that if they are, are balancing on one truck? You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> food, food for thought, kids. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're, just, we're talking skate, right? What so about yeah. not judging waxing anybody. the board? You wax a red, or just no, take I will. a scrape, I'll, 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 scrape I'll, the I'll bird shit off. Right, I just don't like to use it uh, to get the trick done. I use it to just get more, move through Move it. through it. Less is yeah. more. And that was an example when I waxed it, when I was filming, because I, I thought I was going to stick, mm-hmm. and I broke my ankle really bad, and had to pull myself to the end of the pier. Oh, on no. my board. Oh, man. All the way through, my whole leg was black, and oh. I snapped my leg. I snapped my ankle this way. Uh-huh. Not this way. And uh, 
No, I tell a lie, sorry, this way it had gone and it snapped the bone on the outside and it broke a bone on the inside. Oh God. So what that looks like when you break your ankle that way is your whole leg goes black. Oh. Like all, because that uh, muscle and ligament where it's attached goes over the back of your leg, into the back of your knee, into the back of your leg. So I was pulling myself along as my ankle leg was just oh. gone. And then I went straight into surgery. Straight into surgery? Pins? A few days later, no pins. No pins? No, they just that was the second back. time I broke the left ankle. Waxing a rail. Damn, dude. Finished, I'll wax the shit the, out of it. Finished the video, though. Yeah, did you? I'll, I'll, I don't remember which video it was. It was... Sorry? No, it was probably the last flip video. This is around the same... Um, what we were talking about earlier with uh, the 50-50 mm. down the... the yeah. The, the Staples Center. Staples Center. Yeah. Was this around the same time as filming for Sorry? Yeah, that was kind of like mid-video or some like, or early video. I can't, you know, that would have been early, actually. Yeah. That would have been early, uh, yeah, whatever. But yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. Definitely filming for that video, I think it was. We were just filming in general, you know? Like, but, truly, we, were, we really were just filming in general. But when that video came out... Dude. Yeah. I mean, it like, changed the yeah. game. That was the most, like, most heavy and Did you go to the premiere? Then you yes, I did. The I didn't go to the premiere. I did, no. I did go. Rad. I, I was How old were you? 17? I was 17 years old. Rad. That's amazing. <laughs> but I was like, I can't believe I'm here. And we were just like, we had Bastion coming out and everything like that. It was oh, like... Yeah. Mark's part, you're like, what the hell? That that was the craziest video of all time until that yeah. point. It was, really, it, yeah. was a, it was fun. Like, we skated a lot, and the focus was skateboarding. Yeah. Really, every single day. Yeah, but every trick you were, it wasn't one, it was one of those videos where every trick you're like, what the fuck? And it just kept going and going and going. It wasn't like, oh, that was chill. Yeah. Right. There was never a chill trick. And then yeah, just getting hit over the head <laughs> over and over again. Well, there was, a, like, the videos, I think a lot of videos would have, like, three or four tricks at the end. They'd all be slow-mo. The hammers. Like, yeah, and like I felt like at that time we were skating so much and we were producing, mm -hmm, right? Like we mm -hmm. weren't having a problem getting footage because it's all we did. I mean, the majority of the time we were out skating. Yeah, you know, Bastion. I used to take Bastion to a skate park, and I would skate there for like three or four hours. I'm like, Are you ready to go? Ah, we just got here. I want to go, <laughs> and he'd skate for another three hours. I'd be sitting there going, "Fuck, man, I've been skating for six hours now." Right. Get home, and he'd go outside skating flat ground. Wow while we were filming that video it's crazy it's you know so he'd go out and film all day and he'd get home and he's outside doing 8500 kickflips on the flat ground you know uh, so what you want to hear about that period in that video is true like it was a lot of skateboarding just skating yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was just a bunch of dudes pushing themselves mm. it was the right environment and support yeah, yeah and respect for each other and support of each other I mean, you could see sure. it. You could yeah. see it, you know? It seemed like you and Arto were heavy, just kind of, not upping each other, but you guys skate a lot of the similar spots. In that yeah, video. we skate a lot, of, a lot of the similar kind of similar kind of stuff, or, or just um, we were progressing in similar ways. Yeah. yeah. Similar stuff, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, it's been the same since then. It's the same now as it was then. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't stopped filming. It's just mm -hmm. the same. I mean, what... So it's three flip videos, a propeller video, an epic related a battle commander. I filmed a full mini ram part. Yeah. Um, and those three videos in the last 20 years of like full parts. And then whatever the other videos that are out there. The, it's a lot of skate. Sure. what it is like. And, mm -hmm. you know, but it is the same now for me. Like, mm -hmm. I get a kick out of that. Like, there's certain things that are special and that I won't compromise. And that's like how I skate you know like I, I can't be told to go skate right now right you know the first X Games we go to where they go okay now go now go and they be shouting at you <laughs> seriously yeah yeah go now go now go now the camera's ready camera's go now TV's go now on, yeah. like, I'm looking at dude going actually I'm gonna go that way oh <laughs> like to a skater yeah, yeah. yeah of course right, you're already ruining 
the, the experience, the yeah. mojo, the everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but but just filming and filming filming those videos, they all have their challenges, mm-hmm. right? And like in every one of those videos, like for me, I'm filming with a different group of people. Some guys are the same, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the dudes, the flip videos were mostly the same dudes, right? Right. But with then some new dudes in each of the videos, like they, your PJ yeah. Lad or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, who, you know, PJ was fucking incredible. He's super he was good. rad, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there was different chapters of those videos and yeah. people, and I, but I was filming throughout, you know? Yeah. Right. And, like, you learn things through that process that are special, like that, like, hey, this process works for me. Sure. Like, and I can get the job done. So if I'm going to do it again, this is kind of how I'm going to go at it because I'm going to get the job done if I go at it that way. Sounds freaking like it's a job, right? But it, it isn't. It's just the way that you think about what it is that you do. And like, the more you do make it serious and make it more of a job, the, I don't want to be that pro skater. I look at him and I go, I want to be inspired like by the guy. Like I grew up being inspired by, you know, not just the skater, the photographer. Yes. The guy who drew the graphic artists. Mm-hmm. Like those are as important to me that they are well handled you know, around me, like my ball graphics, like those, yeah. those are, that's important to me. It's the same now as it was then. Those certain things are like, I'll never really, I don't like letting people develop my own ball graphics and I've designed all my own shoes. Yes. I enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I a enjoy, part of it. And if yeah. I sucked at it, I wouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. And I suck at some stuff, right? But the things that I do and I enjoy doing and they work out, I'm going to keep doing them, you know, as long as they don't hurt anybody or sure. any of that. But the, the skating side of it, is uh, the, the the people you put yourself around, like, you know, like we made those first couple of flip videos and there was, you know, certain dudes in there and then as we're moving into the next videos, there's younger kids and newer people coming in. Yeah. That pushes my progression and keeps going, right? I can't do the same thing. I'm not going to film the same video part. I'm not going to go and lip slide a handrail because you want to see me lip slide a handrail. Fuck that. Right. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I want to progress skating. If exactly. That, if that means I learn a new trick and it's not like on the biggest obstacle I could do it on, mm-hmm. that's not for me to judge. That's how I skate and why I enjoy it. Right. I want to keep learning new things and doing new things. And every video part, I feel I'm inspired by like different things, different ways of street skating, sure. different types of skating. And, um, you know, and uh, but that's definitely the common thread. That, mm. that and the fact that like, I eat shit every time I make videos and I'm skating a lot and you know um, but yeah like, like I, I can skate with like 12, 13 year old kids right now and like I can really get fired up by that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right like um, and I can't get that from somebody my age right now right. most guys right. I have to keep going where I know I can surround myself with the environment that keeps my progression moving and keeps me interested in totally it. wow yeah. you know so that's gone through different phases and those videos with different people you're affected by those different crews right like the yeah. propeller video that we did um, Vans had never made a skate video it was 49 years they'd been in business and they never put out a skate video how crazy is that it's, it's yeah. kind of cool like not many many things are left special in this yeah, day yeah, yeah. right like you know and uh, like I, I took that on as being like that's kind of rad like that like this old company that is doing really good right now makes mm-hmm. great products supports skating supports hard good skating and supports professional skateboarders yes mm-hmm. um is making a skate video and putting like effort and resource behind it. I had four surgeries making that video. Four it, surgeries. Whoa. I got ruined. And that was just, I'd had a good run with all the other videos where I like towards the tail end of finishing the videos, I'd like break something. Okay. But I already had like 
90% of what I wanted to film. So right. it's, that's it done. Yeah. You know that, Kelly. How yeah. many video parts have you put out? You put them out and the second they come out, you go, ah, fuck, I can do better. Or like, well, no, yeah, first pretty part I ever had was the same thing, yeah. I broke yeah. my foot and I was like, fuck, well, there it is. I did that in Sorry video. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. Oh, I never yeah. knew that, though. Yeah, I never I, knew th- the week before the premiere, I came to the premiere on crutches. I actually had a cane, when I, I think. Oh. Cane or crutches, but I had um, I busted my ankle up right before the sorry video trying yeah. to get a trick, you know. And uh, yeah. and but that Vans video was the first video that kicked my ass, it won. <laughs> I had four surgeries making the video, and I finished the video, right? All right, and I, I enjoyed my skating in there, but half of it was beating the deadline, yes. And that's kind of bothered me since then. The oh, last yeah. couple yeah. of years have gone like, fuck, I felt great, but I, every time I'd get like back to like yeah I'm feeling good I'm starting to get stuff again I feel confident and enjoying my skating I'd break something what surgeries did you have during that video for uh, yeah I had uh, I had um, ankle surgery okay. and then I had knee surgery oh wow on the opposite legs so I had left ankle surgery and then I had right knee surgery okay you know sp- with nine months to 12 months recovery for each one of them. Sure. So I'd get back to skate, I'd film for eight months and then something happened. And it happened twice right at the start of filming. Mm. And so I kind of like halfway through filming, I was already kind of handicapped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like when you oh, break yeah. an ankle and then bust a knee on the other leg, Oof. it's like you're you're just battling to enjoy your skating. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, again, like I'm not gonna put out a video part if I look like I'm not enjoying my skating. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I'm not yeah. even gonna go film. Right. Like And uh yeah, so like that was just a different video for me. Mm. You know, like I'd had all those runs with those full street parts and like got through them. Happy with uh, it though? Yeah, I was stoked. Good. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. I got, but I can do better than that. There Straight you go. up. <laughs> like just judging my own self. Right, right. Uh, um, Propeller right. too. Dude. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, we're talking skating. I'm not going to hold, I'm not going <laughs> to hold back yeah, on yeah, that. Right. Of, like, I love it, dude. It, it is that. But yeah. um no, I, like I, I was stoked on everything that I Good. got, and like given more time, I'd have probably had the same stuff, but probably to film some extra stuff because sure. I had more time. But mm-hmm. I had ankle surgery, knee surgery, and then I had two neck surgeries. I had a like, crazy whiplash from a car accident no right at, before we started filming the propeller video, so I was dealing with these like neck problems, oh. which is just nasty yeah. from whiplash from a car accident, which I should have died in the car accident. Really, yeah, I got bad accident. Really bad. Like and I was so lucky. What happened? You got rear ended or something? I was in the fast lane uh, a week after we filmed the extremely sorry video. I went on vacation with my new girlfriend okay. and, uh, for like a week up up to Big Sur. I just went camping for a few days gotcha. and just chilled out because I just finished the video. Oh. And, uh, yeah. yeah, got back next morning. Get in the get on the freeway. Get in the fast lane. Goes to a dead stop. Boof! Car oh, in front of me starts no. to pull away. Bang! That's all I heard. All I heard was eat bang from behind, from the back. Yeah, it was a GMC thirty five hundred. Hit me. I was in uh, an Audi All Road. Oh my god! And uh, it totaled the car. It crushed the frame. The car was about eight inches shorter than it was before. Every window threw out. None of the airbags went. The radio almost hit me in the head. Everything in the car flew onto the freeway, and I couldn't hear anything. I could just hear a ringing sound. And I stepped out of the car on the busiest part, the 405 freeway, right going through Seal Beach Naval Weapons Base. Wow. So how many lanes is it? Six lanes, I think. It's massive and I was in the fast lane. So I stepped out onto the freeway going, you're gonna die right now, you need to get to somewhere safe. I couldn't hear anything, it was just rings. Ringing, wow. You know, so I got in the car, it was completely totaled and I drove it across all the lanes like a spaz. Oh, no way. Into the hard shoulder because I was gonna get killed and exposed. But the there's so the many, freeway. could be a pile up. Yeah, I was lucky that like there was space a little bit so and uh, but the car hit me and the dude stepped out the car and he just you know he shouted like 
straight away like I'm gonna lose my fucking job now right now he didn't even say are you okay no way meanwhile I'm just hearing this crazy ringing sound but he's the only dude standing there he doesn't say anything to me he just said no, I'm gonna lose my fucking job now and okay, I just looked at him you. like I know you're fucked right now dude <laughs> and then, yeah. wait so, was, there, was your girlfriend in the car too no just oh, me okay okay driving yeah. south and four five. so I pulled the car onto the side of the road called the cop whatever yeah. I, mean, I told as soon as the cop came I said hey dude I got hit pretty hard I don't know what's going on like can you help me yeah and I think, like, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> So I had my camera, which was in the bag that flew under the freeway, and I was I thought I, th- I thought like shoot photos of everything because you can't write stuff down right yeah, now. Yeah, like, it's tough. And you don't know what just happened. You don't know how hard you hit right. Like when that's going down, discombobulated. Just yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, dealt with that, and like I just dealt with like really bad. Like I had bone spurs on my neck from mm, whiplash, and I didn't know what it was at first. So anyway, dealt with. I had two cervical epidurals. You know, which are like they inject your epidural space in your spine yeah. to take tension off the nerves that go down your your back wow. and your shoulder and your neck so that bothered me while I was skating my neck was like getting all tight so I was oh. icing it every fucking day anyway so I had those two surgeries and then I had the two other surgeries so four surgeries four so surgeries. far technically and we're not at the end of the video oh my god but the epidural ones are literally they just put you under they inject your epidural space you come up and it helps the pain helps the pain but if you move you could be paralyzed right oh. so and then I went into deadline going, fuck, okay, let's do this, Greg. And then I was trying to get this trick. There was two tricks I was trying to film. One of them was this double kink ledge that I'd already 50 50 Okay. And it was in a van's out. It was like, the one in Pasadena, yeah. yeah. It's like super, like, it's like stucco. Yeah, it's stucco. Yeah. So it was sticking, whatever. And I'd grinded it before and I wanted to switch nose slide it. Oh. And I'd gone there to check and like, I can do this, right? So I'd gone there on the weekend, got kicked out on the Saturday. I'm like, dang it. Well, I had a backup spot. It was a roof gap in the same city. Okay. And they were the two tricks. I'm like, if I get kicked out of that, I'll just go there. Gotcha. So I went to the other spot, got kicked out of it. Oh. So I'm like, waited till the next weekend, went back to the double king, got kicked out again. I'm like, I'm all jazzed up to do the switch nose slide. I'm practicing my switch nose slide. <laughs> yeah. So I got to switch gears and go and skate a roof gap over a fence. Right. So I went back to the roof gap and the roof gap was two buildings and they were they were offset the building. So I'd be taken off from the edge of one roof. So I'd be pushing six inches from the edge of the building oh, for the wow. whole runner and taking off the corner of one building and landing on the corner of another building with a spiked fence in the, in the middle of the gap <laughs> with the spikes facing you. It's and like it wasn't over. a big gap. The gap was probably like eight feet, like mm-hmm. the gap, and the sure. drop was probably five feet. So I knew that like with not much speed, I'm going to get over it. Mm-hmm. But there's a spike right in the middle of the gap. So I thought, hey, I'm going to do a backside 360 because that way when I take off, I can't see anything. I'm going to be spinning 360 <laughs> over the top of the spikes yeah. and then I'm going to land on the edge of the other building. So if I land on it and I go to the left, I'll ride off the roof. Okay. That was what I want to do. I thought I've never skated anything like that. Right. Like that's what I'm going to do. So I, I ollied it and it crap. I ollied it and the roof was quite soft. Gotcha. So I landed and went like, oh, wow, that was like it. It was softer than I thought it was. It was higher drop than I anticipated. Okay. So I thought, I'm just going to do the 360 instead, right? Like I'll just do it because it's, once you volleyed over something and you, I don't know, I felt pretty confident with my, that I could get my 360s around. Uh-huh. So I tried it a couple of times and I couldn't see a thing. And so I thought, I'm just going to stick one, man. I'm just going to push down and stick one. Because I couldn't see anything, <laughs> right? Because I was, I was taking off the edge of the building. So as I was pushing, I was looking off the edge of the building going, don't push a little bit further over that way, you know? And right when I take, took off, you had to make sure that you were composed, right? So yeah. I couldn't see what I was doing. And that's what was disorienting me when I was spinning. Okay. So I put one down. I thought, I got this. I'm going to put it down. And it landed like 340. Okay, yeah. just 360. a little bit. 20 degrees short. Yeah. yeah. To the left, right? Because yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm regular. So I'll, the second I landed, I went, I can make this, but I'm going to go off the roof. 
within oh. like two feet, I'd have been off the roof. <laughs> so I landed and went, oh shit. And like twisted my body so that I didn't fall off the roof. Right. Because my board was trying to take me to the left. Oh. And, it, and it pushed me straight at the floor really quick. No reaction. All I knew was don't fall off the roof. Pull yourself that way. Yeah. And my left elbow went in behind my rib cage oh. and I fell onto my arm on the ground and it banged against my kidneys and bruised them so bad that they bled in all, oh. like the left side of my back cavity. And so I climbed off the roof and I was with the, just two filmers and Burnett. I was mm-hmm. with like yeah, Greg Hunt, uh, Jack Mansfield. So they were the two two people uh, filming for Vans. And then um, and then Mike Burnett, okay. with Thrasher. He was sure. shooting a photo. And so I thought, ah, oh, bad slam, bad slam. Like I thought it bruised my ribs really bad. Mm-hmm. And so got into the car and like I couldn't drive. I had to go sit in the passenger seat. I just thought like I've done it before. If you bruised your ribs before, yeah, it's yeah. horrible. Like it's just a horrible feeling. Horrible. You know what it feels like. It's yeah. uncomfortable. You feel kind of sickly. I thought I'd done that. So we we go get back to Long Beach and I'm, I'm with Jack and uh, we go and have a burrito from a burrito joint and a mm-hmm. beer. We had a burrito and a bin and I went home and he went home and I was sitting there and I just was icing my ribs with my with my boy, my son on mm. me. He was hanging out with me. And then I went to bed and couldn't sleep. I just kept moving and moving oh, and moving. And in the middle of the night, like I, I told my, my lady, my fiance, and uh, I've, been, I've had a fiance for 10 years. She's my wife. I love her. Okay. <laughs> She's I love you, Serena. Um, but uh, yeah, if she hadn't said something, I wouldn't be here. Wow. Is what it was. Is I said, I'm going to sleep on the couch. I'm, I can't stop moving. I'm just uncomfortable right yeah. now. And I'm going to keep you waking up. And I knew I was keeping her awake. Mm-hmm. So I just went on the couch and she got up to use the restroom. And she came out from the restroom and she said, are you okay? Should I take, can I take you to the hospital? She's like every girl wants to nurture you. Totally. Right? Yeah. She wants to fix you. Yeah. It's not fixable. <laughs> um, but you can you can take care of me. I need, right, right. I need and guys the, are I stubborn the, too. Yeah, they don't want to. I've just laid it out. Right. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. Right. Um, yeah. But she said, you know, she's the voice of reason. She's sure. like, we should go to the hospital. I'm like, no, nah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I stood up. And when I stood up, like the first time I'd ever felt like this from a slam, I felt sick internally. Mm. I didn't feel good. I stood up and went, I don't feel good. But it wasn't, I couldn't pinpoint anything. I just well, didn't yeah, feel yeah, well. Yeah. I felt sick right away. Okay. And so I'm like, okay. I just listened to him and said, okay. Yeah. It was four in the morning and my boy was like a year old. Like, so wow. he's up all night anyway. So we had no, we have no family on the West Coast. My lady's from the East Coast. Mm. So we had to get my son out of bed, throw him in the car and we went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I got on a, and they did a scan of me straight away and within minutes I had an IV and they were rushing me to the hospital for emergency surgery, right? No way. Because I was bleeding as they, like, you know, they took a scan and went, you're bleeding the whole left side of your back cavity. You need to go in. Wow. We need to take you in right now. And so my, my son got to see that. Like, they're like, of, uh, you're not doing very well right now. We need to rush you to hospital. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. And he's standing there. My little boy's one. And so they took me out. IV'd up. Imagine what that looks like to a one-year-old. Oh my it looks God. kind of gnarly, like, you yeah, know. Totally. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I got in the ambulance and I'm like looking at the roof of the ambulance. I'm not going to die here. And I was thinking, ah, what would it take just to kick the back door open? And <laughs> given the opportunity, what would it take to open the side door and just get out? Why were you, why did you want to? I don't want to die in the back. I didn't want to die in the back of the ambulance. And when I wasn't sure how bad I was bleeding internally, mm. and they, that they, goes through your head. Yeah. Right. Reality is I'm in an ambulance. I've got IV and I'm bleeding internally pretty badly. Yeah. And they're rushing me to hospital with the, 
sirens going on wow, 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 like that. <laughs> like, and I'm on deadline for the Vans propeller video what the fuck <laughs> we've got tricks to make like this is an right, yeah. this is an emergency yeah. like they're rushing you yeah. to get into surgery immediately they're rushing me because they seen where the blood was and if it got any worse like you can die pretty quick from kidneys wow. right but you can also suffer quite a lot with kidneys right mm-hmm. like you can get through it and you can pretty much obliterate them they're quite uh, their ability to survive is quite special. Crazy. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's what happened. They rushed me in and I was in, I was in for like two and a half days and the okay. bleeding didn't get any worse, but it didn't also subside. Mm. So they were monitoring me and usually kidneys. I think Elijah's done what I, Elijah Burrell's done what I did, I think tw- two other times. He's oh, done wow. it twice. So. Okay. Oh, jeez. And then he had the surgery right? yeah. and I didn't have the surgery because it was a bruise. So I had no cut on the kidney. It just bled through the kidney from banging it hard, you know, basically. Okay my elbow banging against it with my whole body weight on it right and uh yeah and then i got out and the doctor's like now you can't skate for like at least eight months before you can move vigorously wow so not even skate you move vigorously because at any time during that period you could just start bleeding and keel over and die did you tell him about the propeller deadline i said said, that's not gonna work for me man that is not gonna work for me can you go in the other room come back in and tell me what i want to hear right right yeah you can do this man you've got eight months left to film and if you go at it like you could get a few tricks and um what if he came back in like you can skate again but not for eight months that's pretty much yeah. 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 that's what he said so and I'm go out and like and then, and then the deadline was like six months from there or something okay. so I'm thinking I'm done that's it I can't film anymore I filmed a little bit of half my video part whatever mm-hmm. I'm like oh that's all good it's life right you see, sometimes it's, you just get kicked in the ass and mm-hmm. we're all human and Nothing you, know? you can do about it. No, unless they push the deadline back. You shouldn't be upset by it because it's it's what we fucking do, and sometimes you don't win every battle, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the trick is to keep getting back up. But right? what sucks is that the people watching the video they don't know this. They don't, they don't care. They want blood. They just think that <laughs> oh, Jeff didn't really film. Or he didn't just have a lot of, tr- you know, they don't Dude, know. he did a lot of stuff on ditches. He can't skate rails anymore. Man. Just, like, maybe he can't jump downstairs. He's getting old. Like, maybe he's just, he's a, he just hunts full time. Yeah, but you know what I'm he saying, He used to be though? a Tony Hawk pro skater. Yeah. Right. It's like I win Sodi. No, but it, it's, but it's true though. People don't realize what happens to somebody if they only have a couple clips. Well, well we all judge each other, right? Like, well, there can be that. Like a guy's video pod comes in, you go, I know he's better than that. Or yeah, I know he can yeah. do, or I wish he did like more technical shit, or I yeah. wish he did some of the gnarliest stuff that we know him for. There you go. But that person gets to decide how they skate. What exactly. They do, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like, right? And like, I enjoy skate and change in the way that I skate. Yeah, because I got hurt and certain things, but also like the architecture and the things that I wanted to skate, I was looking in different places for that. On roofs, on yeah, the ground, yeah. down tunnels, <laughs> right, right, and or uh, cutting out guardrails to get, skate into a ditch. I don't or, know how you or thought like about the, skating that. The Santa Ana Riverbed. Yeah, I, I skated across oh. the water there because we drove past every day. Right. And went, Dude, I want to fly over the water. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wants to fly over water. <laughs> that was an obstacle. That for me, that's a challenge. I like, I've never done something over that, and it's kind of cool. It's like it's yeah. a natural obstacle, yeah. and the ditches are natural obstacles, and there's banks and transitions naturally in street. Right, right, and I just thought that's. That's stuff I was starting to like skate mm-hmm. in, like, and I shot a lot with Dan Sturt, so I was always looking for stuff that was gnarly but visually was simple yeah. and photogenic, right? right? So we could keep pushing like, like the photo side of it, mm-hmm. the video side of it, and the, you know, I don't know. 
and that, that runs again in line with like the, the, the hunting for skate spots and like sure. once you skate them you move on to the next one you find another one but right. if it's the same one if I go to a 20 stair rail right now and lip slide it which I could do mm-hmm. like and I can look at a rail right now and go I can lip slide that right it's not a challenge to me. I've already done it. You don't yeah. want to, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm going to do a lip slide, I want to like do it and do it through a gap in the rail. I want to do it round a corner. I want to do it over a house. Like, something I want to, <laughs> something I want to, different. I want to lip slide the back of my truck over the Santa Ana Riverbed. There right? You, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I've never gone on that spot and done that trick and adapted it to that. And exploring too. Exploring, exploring the skating and, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the ideal spot is if you could find like, you know, a 20 to 30 stir rail or hover into a 20 to, well, a 30 to 50 foot bank. Right? I mean, like, if you could find that, yeah. then that would dispel all of those questions. I mean, I would watch. Can you skate rails? If you can find the, sp- it's the obstacle dictates what you. Yeah, you no, know. no, no, for sure. Right? So there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of that, but um, I wouldn't. What's awesome about you is that you, you skate all these gnarly spots, but like you never stop getting gnarly. A lot of dudes at your age just kind of, they're like, dude, start I can't. Skating curves. I, yeah, they start skating curves. Like, I can't do that anymore. It's too gnarly. You're just, <laughs> you just stay gnarly, dude. Jeff's just posting slappies <laughs> now. Like, <laughs> I love that, dude. Physically, I could still do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it every day, you know? And uh, I couldn't do it every day because I'd fatigue quick because I've broken shitloads of bones yeah, and I'm yeah. not a kid, right? right. And uh, it's all been for skating. Yeah. You know, it's all been while I've been skating, you know? And uh, I'm not going to, like, demoralize myself or put myself down and say, like, oh, you're old and you're beaten up. And you're like, bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I am an older person. And I have been skating the majority of my life, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm done because I've hit a certain age. Right. Yeah. That's the way I look at it, really. But the progression's important. Like right. for me, I wouldn't keep doing it if I couldn't keep learning tricks. And like, but in order for me to learn tricks, I need to be confident. I need to be thinking about my skating, and I need to be doing it a lot. There you go. So that's not something that I can compromise. Mm-hmm. I can't have a distraction. Like I do a lot of stuff in the outdoors, right? Yes. Like I, I'm a hunting guide and I'm partnered in the hunting outfit in the state of California and that's different from skateboarding, completely sure. different from skateboarding. But there's a huge physical side of it and that physical side of it has massive benefits on my skate side. Okay, yeah. You know, I walk a lot and climb a lot in the deserts and mountains mm. in California and we guide everywhere from the, you know, from zero elevation up to 14,000 feet in California and most of the Western states. Okay. All of, you know. We do a lot, but I I don't go to a gym. I don't have a personal trainer. I've had those things from surgeries like everybody. You'll go to your doctor, whether you've been skating for six months or 10 years. I'm gonna to talk to the camera. You know, it, it's a physical challenge to get back to 100%. Yeah. And the amount of dudes that I've been friends with that have been such good skateboarders, so talented. And you know, and they they break their ankle, then they break their arm, and they're not the same. Right. They lost their confidence, their drive, and they lost time. Right. And yes. during that period of time, that drive went, or that progression went. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been aware from the first time that happened because I broke my ankles pretty young, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I, I I knew that like you could get taken out. Yeah. You yeah. could get taken away at any moment. There you go. Yeah. Right. So if you want to come back and come back to the best of your ability, you got to work harder every single time. And like I don't have a problem with physical um, exercise or or work. Mm-hmm. No, like labor. I, I like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it keeps my body moving. And we do a lot of it skating, right? And like, so the flip side to that is if I can breathe good 
and and if I have good upper body st- strength and good core strength from actually using those things, like yeah. to the best of my, I'm pushing myself in that realm as far as I can go, which I do, yeah. just like my skating. Um, has a massive effect on my skateboarding. It has a massive effect on my motivation to skate. It has a massive effect on my attitude, and 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 it and it makes me want to continue to skate mm-hmm. and to continue to push myself and continue to just go balls to the wall. There you go. Because that's not something I'm going to compromise. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's that's the way that I I like to skate. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm like. <laughs> I would. I would stop skating tomorrow. I would retire. I would walk away, and you never see me again. If I lost all of that drive and didn't wasn't interested in skating anymore, and that can happen to a person, and it's not Absolutely. bad. Like we all think that skateboarders live all and die all of everything, um, but there's a world outside of that. Yeah, you know, and uh, sometimes tapping into that can give you more reasons and make skateboarding just feel make it more special at times right like you value your skating more if you pull yourself away from it when you go back to it you go I'm doing it right now like I might not be here later there you go yeah. time for me is like is that right. you know I'm, I'm racing against time you, have, you know you get this one body right now and I gotta run it there you go <laughs> yeah I know we just mentioned the hunting stuff but I wanted to ask you real quick is there any tricks that you've done I mean you've done a lot of tricks something that you're super proud of or something that sticks out something gnarly or just I shouldn't that shouldn't have gone down but it did or you know what I mean uh, yeah I remember the moments you know what I mean like what that some of that stuff feels like more than like the tricks right because it's, it's the conquering those challenges I think yeah, yeah right yeah, like yeah. is what I remember more. and this, like when I was a kid like I wanted to always like faster further right like that mm-hmm. was the, like the kind of skating that i pushed and like so some of that stuff i'm like i'm psyched on it. like the roof cap stuff and like okay like over the santa Ana river like things like that where like you can't find that spot yeah. everywhere it's only yeah. here in southern california or it's in this particular place right there boom like those things i remember those things a lot and then but more periods of time is what i remember about my skating mm-hmm. like what it felt like you know in the whatever five years ago yeah how i felt on my board mm. you know you, i evaluate that a lot like you know it's um it's important to keep that fire mm. burning right and like making those videos and finishing them like you've documented that period of your time yeah right and so like most of my like good and bad memories from periods of filming are more like they don't just cover one particular trick you know, and like some tricks for me that aren't hard, I've done quite easily without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And other stuff that's seemed to be quite easy, I've had the crap kicked out of me. So yeah. they're just challenges, <laughs> right, right. right? They're all just challenges. Like, you know, is why I look at it and, you know, failure to failure. Yeah. Without loss of enthusiasm. Now, listen, talk, let's talk about the hunting thing, right? Because the hunting thing, listen, there's some people, there's hunters. They grow up hunting. It's a part of their lifestyle. There's other people who hate it. You know, it's very, and I'm sure you get a lot of both. I'm sure you get a lot of people hitting hitting you up on Instagram, probably telling you. Good and bad things. There you go. It's a big spectrum, you know? Yeah, that's right. It's a big spectrum. I understand it though. I mean, in the majority of like the hunt industry, like a lot of what it shows is a dead animal with somebody standing next to a dead animal smiling. Right. Blood on the animal. It's hard for somebody that's not done that or there to know what it took to be there mm-hmm. and what that feels like. Mm. But it's easy to judge it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because a person's smiling 
an animal's dead, whether whatever it might be, it's dead and there's blood on it. You can never, it gives you an emotion. Blood yeah. usually does. Yeah. It has an emotion to it, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. So that's where it struggles to begin with, mm-hmm. the way that it represents itself. Right. You know, and I know nine towns out of 10, that's coming from a good place, you know, and it's, you know, it, it provides a huge, important resource mm. that we all benefit from, you know. Um, how so? What do you mean? How so? Well, I live in the state of California. Yeah. I hunt in the state of California. Mm-hmm. And if I want to hunt an animal, I got to do it legally, right? Yeah. So I need to pass a hunting education course, which will allow me to then go and buy a hunting license. Okay. So I'm paying for the hunting education course. Mm-hmm. It's run by the state. Right, and then I am paying for my hunting license, which is an annual hunting license. And then to simplify all this, if I want to go and let's say hunt an animal that I don't have to apply for, yeah. so basically go on a lottery system. In California, I can go hunt a pig year round. I can hunt coyotes year round. Okay. Um, there's a lot of bird hunting opportunities mm-hmm. for the majority of the year, and so I pay for that. Yeah. And that goes into our public resource. Okay. For example. Sure. I'm putting money into that public resource. You don't hunt, right? I'm just going to guess. No. Do you put any money into that public resource? I would assume maybe maybe taxes, taxes and yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll pick a desert bighorn sheep, huge animal, very iconic okay. out in the desert. It, our state of California spends about one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on conservation for that particular species. Ninety three percent of that comes from people like myself applying for the opportunity to go hunt that animal. Okay. 93% of that 150,000, roughly, numbers. Don't quote me on numbers. We're close, though. Right. Right? That's a lot. Mm-hmm. 93% of the money to manage that animal every year comes from hunters. Gotcha. So the other 7% comes from the general public, roughly. Okay. Gotcha. Right? So that hunter puts a lot more into that public resource at day one mm-hmm. than the person that doesn't. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And what does the public resources do? It's what money. do the funds do for the... the it manages the animals mm-hmm. and the wild lands, the public land that we all have access to. Okay. So if I can help, we have a really loud I, yeah, they're, noise they're, in here. They're, but they're doing something to, upstairs. I don't should know. Should I go so up there they're doing construction something? upstairs. Pretend like it's done. They're in the desert. The, <laughs> the weather's coming in really badly. But um, for example, state of California uh, gives one opportunity to, to hunt mm-hmm. uh, and harvest a bighorn sheep to a conservation organization every year in the state of California. I think this year is doing it with two tags, but whatever. One. Okay. That tag has sold for upwards of two hundred to $300,000. Okay. Every single penny of that money goes into conservation for that particular species in the state of California by law. Can't be used to buy a new truck for game and fish. It can only be used for field studies. It can be used for things that directly benefit the species on mm. the ground conservation. Okay. So it's the best way to affect the natural resource and our funding for it. Hmm. So if that tag sold for, let's just say it sold for $200,000, that's more than the state budget that year. That's yep. more, way more, yeah. If I can find a big animal in the desert and I, we can find a client to 
pay quite a lot of money for that opportunity, mm -hmm. who benefits? The natural resource benefits from that with all of that funding money, which hopefully will help grow the numbers and keep the herds healthy, which is a public resource. We all own that public resource. Mm. So that hunting tag essentially has just doubled the state budget for the death of one animal. Mm. And likely all of that meat's gonna be eaten also. Okay. There's, there's my best example for you on how it directly, um, what it is that we do as hunters in the state of California that the general public benefits from. Mm -hmm. and the only way for you to kill that animal is if you have those tags, right? Yeah. So if he's only allowing two tags, only two animals are dying. Well, that's for the, the, the conservation tags. And yeah. I don't want to confuse anyone that's watching. Like um, the state budget, like I said, the best way to explain that is that one sale of one tag can double to triple the state budget. Mm. And, and it's no impact on the population. It's right. the death of one animal. Yeah. You know, huh. and we have thousands and thousands of desert sheep and it's important. The more money we have to manage them, the healthier they'll be. The more we know about them, the better we can manage them. Hmm. Costs money to manage things, costs True. money to study things. And hunters in the state of California do the majority and put the majority of the money and funding into that particular species. So it's a good example right. of how like hunters can do something that's positive and have a huge impact on a public resource that we all benefit from. It's interesting. I'm not a hunter. I'm it's a, okay. I'm a gatherer. You know, okay. that's mm -hmm. what. I, <laughs> what have you gathered lately? I don't know, but I'm not. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> gathered your socks out of the bedroom floor. Actually, I had to do laundry the other day. Mm. But it, no, it's interesting because I'm sure, like you, I'm sure you get a lot of people. Yeah, I get on both Insta sides. Both you know, sides, I get, right? Like the more I do it, and I don't throw much of it on my skate because it's nothing to do with skateboarding, man. That's what I do. I love to do it, mm -hmm. and and uh, and and I have no problem showing what it is that I do. But I'm a pro skater, that's what I do first and foremost. Sure. I don't want it to be a distraction and that can be a distraction, mm -hmm. but I can still do that. So I don't have to promote it. Social media is an interesting thing, Isn't right? It? You're supposed to put everything you do online. No, yep. right. not necessarily. Um, and what I do in the outdoor and hunting space, like I don't feel the need to glorify it. I don't feel the need to show everything that I do. Yeah. Why? Right. I enjoy doing it. There you go. I love doing it. And I know I have a, a positive impact. And, uh, you know, I'm a skate and benefits from it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, because you were saying earlier about how you have to go hiking and you have to do all this and you're going up in different elevations and yeah. your lung capacity and everything. There's a lot it's to learn. I have a lot to learn. You know, my partner in the outfit, his name's Jake Franklin, he's an incredibly talented outdoorsman. Mm -hmm. And he teaches me everything that is that I need to know to make sure that when I'm on those hunts that I can be as helpful and as useful as I possibly can be, right? You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm I kind of cover a lot of our desert units. So I spend a lot of time out in the desert for sheep. Desert mm. sheep, so a lot of scouting, so a lot of walking in the desert, a lot of climbing in the desert, and a lot of setting cameras and moving cameras and watching desert sheep. Hmm. So I spend a lot of time patterning them and watching them, and that's a lot of time. But that's the most physical stuff that we do year round. So I do that. Okay, gotcha. Right? So when we when we book desert sheep hunts in California, I'm going to be on that hunt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're they're physical, which I like. I mm -hmm. want more. The more physical I can get, the better. Because my skating's always going to benefit from me pushing myself physically, mm -hmm. right? Like, because it doesn't beat me up the same way. It's more covering ground, and it's more upper body strength than skate. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm carrying stuff a lot and lifting things a lot. Huh. And, using different uh, things that I would in skate, using my brain in different ways, do yeah. a lot of map work. I spend a lot of time staring at maps, understanding field navigation, understanding mm. lay of land. Boring. Like, what Not the fuck? <laughs> Wait, have you had any crazy encounters with, like, animals? Well, we've had all kinds of shit happen. But, like, 
you know, like the, the animals that I'm focused on helping and those the animals that I help guide for, which is mostly desert sheep, I help on Thule elk hunts, which is our only native elk that we have in the state of California. Did you know in the state of California, we have more big game animals than any other state in the mm. United States? And we're the only state to have all species of elk. So we have all of the four different species of elk, and then we have all more big game animals in the state of California than any other state in the United States. Wow. So our our big game opportunities are better than people think, you know. And wow. as an as a as a state, it's absolutely beautiful. Which yeah, is, you know. Yeah, like our deserts and mountains are incredible. Our cities have got the best skate spots. Our foothills have got the best banks <laughs> and handrails. And, you know, best all of our waters right, right. all of our water's been dammed up. We pull it from Colorado and NorCal, right? So we've got the best drainage ditches in the Southwest. <laughs> like, just just saying, man. Like paradise for me. It's right. Like, I'm living it. <laughs> No, it's interesting. I do find, like, this know? is crazy, Christopher. I do find quite a lot of spots when I'm out in driving back roads or driving roads or oh. places that we wouldn't usually and ordinarily go. Right. Right? Like, a lot of the stuff, you know, a lot of the hunting stuff that I do, like, we're going to places that are pretty remote with limited access. And I find shit, like, great skate spots. And, like, the video we're working on right now, like, I'm in the middle of filming a Vans video. I'm pretty much on deadline. We're at, like, a couple more months of filming. Oh, and wow, I've there you go. finished a full video part. So I'm looking for spots like that, like crazy right, right now. Like I'm a lunatic. Like, do you know any spots, <laughs> yeah, Skelly? Yeah. Got any oh, good ones? Yeah, I, need, I need to see all spots. of it. Yeah, I know. Got a mani pad for you. Yeah, I know. You great. Got one? He's got a mani pad for you. Oh, no, I find some handrails. Okay. I got a crazy gap trail down the street. Do you? That Bob Gnarly skated way long ago. You know who Bob Gnarly is? Nah, not off the top of my head, no. Okay, is he like Bob Burnquist, but gnarlier? Yeah, not as gnarly as Bob Burnquist. <laughs> gap trail down the street. But, I mean, wait, wait. So, yeah. wait, on the side, didn't you just, you guys get robbed the other day or something like that? Yeah, I was filming a freaking few days ago on Saturday, Sunday morning. I was trying to skate a spot under a bridge under the 405 freeway, but quite a lot of like road traffic. So mm-hmm. I had to keep my eye on the road and I was on one side of the road and the film, I had a Vans filmer, Ryan Lovell and Anthony Acosta, who's their staff photographer. He was shooting photos. So I had two dudes, a video and photo guy. And you'll, you'll love this. You will love I've, this one. I've this is awesome. Yeah. Did you hear it? Yeah, it's I, so I sick. I was on the top of the bank under the bridge trying to get this trick, looking at traffic for my window to go. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, the, the traffic light stopped red. Okay, go now. Like, like literally to get the trick so that I didn't fall and get run over. Okay. And, uh, and so the video guy and photographer guy were moving from the center median to the other side of the road, just changing angles when the light was changing as we were trying to get the trick. Right? Okay. And they were on my side of the road and... Out of nowhere, I was on the top of the bank. A pickup truck just pulls completely right in front of the bags on the other side of the road. And I mean, you could run and grab the bags in like seconds. Oh. The pickup truck went from 35 miles an hour to just stopped immediately. The passenger door opened. A girl jumped out, grabbed the camera bag, which was all of Acosta's gear, about twenty, oh twenty-five thousand dollars worth of beautiful camera equipment, all mm-hmm. kinds of like a new camera he'd got, a new lens he'd got, oh just beautiful no, stuff. Damn. And then the film, the filmers phone was on the top of the bag so the person got out and just threw the bag in the back of the pickup truck and peeled out Acosta jumped on the other side of the road tried to stand in front of the car going no 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 like dude like what are you doing like that's my bag man like what the fuck yeah and uh they they put the middle finger up out the window (laughs) okay and just peeled out and this happened in seconds wow Right, and they were gone. We're like that just happened. And they got Nothing photos. I can do. I'm like sixty feet away from it, and he's in a car driving away. No, not much you can do. Way. And so Anthony just immediately starts shooting sequences of the dude and the license plate. Sure. And I and the filmers, you know, immediately starts filming the car as it's driving away. So I don't know if they even like thought like, oh, we're gonna get filmed and photographed while we steal this bag. I don't even know if they knew what was in it. I just think they just thought they can steal this shit right now. Get it, yeah. Uh, quick fix. 
<clears throat> what happened was the cops caught them within 10 minutes, right? And within those 10 minutes, they'd already stashed the camera bag and all the gear. This was like on, on Sunday a few oh days ago. Oh, my God. And so Anthony called up, called the police. 10 minutes later, they called back and said, we got them. We've got them. We, like, we caught them down the road on the same street at the traffic light making a riot. <laughs> what? And they didn't confess to it. No. And they didn't have the bags. We're like, dang it, dang it. They stashed it. They've, from here to where we're at right now to where they were pulled over and arrested, the bags are somewhere here. No so I start way. scouring Anthony and I and, and Ryan start scouring the edge of the freeway and the bushes and all the homeless, like just corners that you could mm-hmm. find to see if they threw, because they stashed it somewhere and they only had 10 minutes to do so. So it's only for, so far they could get. Right. So we go back to our cars, we meet the cop, I tell him the story and we go from there. And anyway, he goes back to the station and he goes back to the station and grills the girl and the girl breaks down because she knew that they were going to... Anthony was going to have to have pressed charges against him. They blatantly stole $25,000 worth of camera equipment. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a good felony. And then were hiding the fact that they'd done it even though we filmed them. Right. <laughs> they were done, basically. So she knew that like... So we told like there was a, hey, we won't... Like Anthony won't press charges if you tell them where the gear is. We played that card to sure. see if they'd say and anyway, but then she she broke down, said, Back to the travel lodge. And no. right when she said that we were uh, myself, Ryan and and Acosta were all split up about to hit all of the spots and go in the back after huh. we'd already done it once. Right. But we hadn't covered that side of the road. Interesting. So and it was right there. Got all the gear right. back. Thank you to Costa Mesa Police Department. They did an excellent job. I'm not shitting <laughs> you. They they found out we worked with vans. Oh. Right, and Vans has just moved their corporate office into Costa Mesa. They, yeah, and they said we want to do everything we can to let you know, pretty much let you know that we value you being in the city and like <laughs> we know you're skating the spot, but we're going to do everything we can to help you out right now. Wow, wow. So I'm stoked on that. I mean, that <laughs> is sorry. quick. Within ten minutes, they caught them, and we got all our gear back. It's pretty rad. It never happens like that. No, so yeah. no. You've got to, you know, you've got to thank a higher power for that because it's not. It doesn't usually happen like that, does it? Pick the wrong uh, yeah. filmers and photographers to rob. I had a lens stolen from me from through ShareGrid, the rental system they do. Okay. I have the dude's ID. Yeah. All his information. Cops are out there looking for him. They haven't caught him yet. And they have the, they have an ID. So well, there you go. When did this no. happen? This is months ago. You haven't got it back yet? I'll put on the we'll put on the experience. I'll, we'll, we can expose him and have everyone go look for him. Yeah, yeah. dude. Get the Costa Fuck Mesa that, police yeah, involved, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sound like they do a good job. <laughs> yeah. they, did, they honestly did wow. really. They did a great job. That's they were amazing, awesome. dude. Do you still do the old? Uh, what was it? The civil? Uh, oh, civil and Civilware. Yeah. 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 Civilware so, service program. Yeah. Or Civilware? No, close. Please it's say it. Civilware. Civilware. Yeah. Not the silverware on the table. It's a play of silverware okay. and civil war. You make interesting things, right? I we mean, make you make kni- anything We, we from- make knives, tools, and like specialty outdoor gear, but we make like task-driven knives, basically. So knives that serve a particular purpose. They're designed for a particular task. We make skinning knives for the outdoor industry, so for hunters and fishermen. Okay. So they can process the animals. We make fixed blades that would run with that, so go accompany that because mm. some people like scalpels to skin animals and other people like fixed blades like a scalpel they would use yeah, to like they use to, to do actual surgical except mm. we we our our scalpels are a little higher grade than what a, you most surgeons would use they're nitrate coated titanium scalpels okay Jeez, okay dude. i don't know what that yeah <laughs> but they're, they're, sound check. razor blades go on the head of the knife and you can take the razor blade off throw it away put a new one on oh so replaceable disposable razor blade knife should make one for uh grip tape yeah it could do that yeah 
Sound but we good. don't really do skate stuff. Oh, right? yeah. like, but we could, we could, but it's nice. Like I, like I, I'm partnered in like an out. You know, I, I'm a hunting guide, and I partnered in an outfitting business so in California, and like we use knives a lot. Mm-hmm. So I develop product through the time that I spend in the field, and I see something maybe don't like the way that it functions, thinks we can make it better. Yeah, and I develop it through that brand. So we have a we have a showroom, a small retail store in, in Costa Mesa. Okay, in uh like. Uh, what streets it on? It's on Randolph and uh, right behind the camp and the lab near South Coast Plaza. And oh, yeah, yeah. Right in the mix. We have a showroom there and I have my office in there. And Okay. Yeah, that's like a side project that I do that nice. like helps. Like, I enjoy developing product. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I use stuff and if I use something and think that like it could be made better, it bugs me. Yeah. And knives was something that like I've used in my whole life, like safely in, mm-hmm. in all the outdoor stuff that I do. Not really anything in the city other than your pocket knife. Sure. Right? Um, but uh, I just, I just feel a lot of those knife brands are just boring. They're outdated. Like they just the way that they look, the way that they present. The hmm. and I just wanted to do something a little fresher, a okay. little younger, and better quality design product. I find like a lot of the designs of that stuff it was you know the competitors are a little outdated. Yeah. You know, and uh, and maybe some of the you know like the scalpel knives that we make that just strictly wasn't on the market. Hmm. You know. And so I, I see opportunities like that. I try to develop it through that brand, and yeah, it's sounds fun. Like, sounds like you're having it. fun, yeah. I enjoy. It. I mean, yeah. it's a crazy business. It's a, it's it's not an easy business to crack. I mean, yeah. it's low grade industrial manufacturing, right? So a lot of labor, and you, you your biggest cost is your your raw goods and your labor, right? And you can't cut them, right? Because hmm. your end product, your quality, your end product is right? what you're selling. That's why I'm doing it. I want to make better stuff than the next company, right? Like, that's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it just to do it because I think it'd be cool to have a knife. You know, (laughs) go buy a knife if I want to just have a cool knife. Like, you know, I think there's improvements to be made. That's amazing. With the manufacturing and the engineering. And so that's a challenge for me and it's a constant learning curve. And and again, it makes the skate product fun to do, right? Like, and I just started making skateboards again, right? And I hand screened the first boards I did for that same thing. Mm -hmm. Like the process of it, like I enjoy, you know, understanding the manufacturing process of the stuff that it is that we have our names on. I've, you know, I've been in that space and worked on my own product the whole time I've been a skater, right? So some of those brands are like a product of that experience and a product of, you know, what I've learned over the years or stuff that I've just kind of put on the back burner too, you know? And uh, like the outdoor stuff that I do, being able to make knives, develop knives, use knives, um, is fun. Yeah, dude. And I'm fortunate that I get the opportunity to do that, so I'm I'm doing it. I never really looked at a knife before, uh, in the aspect of it being old or outdated, or you know, yeah. uh, To me, a knife's just a knife. You know, I use it to my cut point my grip in tape. case. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's a it's an awesome tool. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't that exciting, right? But and, yeah, I, and I, I enjoy really it. I noticed. think it's a great product. I mean, I'm a big fan of firearms too. You know, oh, yeah, that's, a, you? Yeah, that's they, a tough point, me. like for skate culture, and, and uh, it's a tool. Yeah, you yeah. know, and they're to be treated accordingly with due respect. Absolutely. Um, but I enjoy it. Like, and I, I'm a big fan of like open sight firearms, revolvers, oh, you know, okay. lever actions, shotguns. But I, I don't. I, I prefer my own personal hunting, or when I go and shoot for fun and target shoot for fun. Right. I. Uh, I don't like scopes, so I like to use mm. open sights or okay. iron sights, yeah. so metal sights, and um, I enjoy it. It's good for hand-to-eye coordination and, and the the, um, the discipline. The discipline. Yeah. Like, okay. ha- there's not many things that you have to handle uh, to that capacity, right? Like, it's treated differently to 
some other tools and weapons. You can't leave it around. You can't have it pointed in a particular direction. Absolutely. There's a process to it yeah. and a discipline to it. And I enjoy that. Okay. In my life, I enjoy having something that's disciplined that I have to treat with due respect. Right. And um, and it and it serves a tool. It's a, but I enjoy the manufacturing of it. I like old revolvers, mm. and that's one of the reasons why I started making knives and stuff too. Just the mechanics and the simple engineering of of a revolver is a beautiful product, beautiful design. Oh, yeah. you know. And I feel I felt like knives should be in that realm. They should be held with a little from a design standpoint and a manufacturing standpoint, with a little bit more regard. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of brushed over a little bit. So. There you go. Yeah. So you're bringing that back. Yeah. 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 I know your firearms is always a mute point, isn't it? Like everything these days. Well, but like I, I, I partake. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I enjoy them for uh, the reasons that I said. Like I, it's 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 a, they're not easy to master. There's a every single firearm has its requirements and its capabilities and its parameters. Right. Right. And so there's a learning curve with all of that and. You know, it's no different than evaluating your kickflips, right? You know, you, certain boards and certain concaves you can do sure. some stuff on. And same with like firearms that like you'll struggle to get the job done if you're using the wrong firearm at the wrong time. Oh, yeah. I've done, um, I've gone skeet shooting before. Have you? The shotgun, yeah. That's fun. It's fun. You enjoy it? I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Good. One thing I did find out though, I've got a strong shoulder. Do you? Yeah, <laughs> because the people I would go with, yeah, their shoulders would get sore yeah. from firing. And I, I could go all day. I'm just skeet, must, skeet, 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 skeet. It's usually the girls, though. It's usually the girls that shoot better. Really? Yeah, because they listen. Oh, yeah? Girls listen, so they, they follow directions. So if you say, okay, hold it like this, point it like this. They're not freaked out, but they, in fact, like that you're talking to them like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, right. like that, boom, done. Right. Dude's already, like, just gonna, he's already shooting it before you've had I, it. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't want to shoot a gun. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, pull, you know. Yeah. You mentioned the board company. Free Dome. Yeah. How's that going, bro? What's going on with that? You screen your own boards, oh, I hadn't had which a board is amazing. Out. I haven't had a board out in a few years. Yeah. Right? Which is weird for me. I haven't mm-hmm. like, been a pro skater since I was a kid. Sure. And I'm not weird in an uncomfortable way. Just a different chapter in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I just started to put out some boards right now for fun. Yeah. I've had a few years to really evaluate like the skate industry, skate products, skate brands. What do I like? What do I don't like? Yeah. You know? Who's full of it? Who rules? Like, I've been able to objectively step out of being in a business and just look at the, like the act, you know, and the industry and enjoy that. And, you know, it's given me good perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I didn't want to, um, you know, I'm doing boards now, but I, I'm not going to sit there and go, hey, I have a massive business plan. I'm going to roll it out. Mm-hmm. Like the way that a skateboard company acts is important to me. Yes. What it, like, what it promotes is important to me mm-hmm. and 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 you know and so that's what i'm focused on okay right and like so we just put one board out um it's a custom shape it's a concave that's never been in production it was a concave that i've ridden on and off for a, for a while okay you know? and um so it's just one board and we put it out and we just called up a bunch of skate shops in the US like stores that I liked I mm. like a lot of skate shops I, don't, I can't know everybody I can't meet everybody I sure. can't have a personal relationship with everybody but certain skate shops like are, have stayed around they do, they're doing a great job and like I, you know we just called up them shops and say hey like you know most of them probably know who I am. I've been in the industry for a shitload probably. of years. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> they might, they might the know. Product in the store and, and, and the ones that wanted to take them, we took them. We didn't force anything. Sure. We just, you know, and if they liked the graphics, then you take them. We'd be stoked if you would. Yeah. 
I think almost every single one of them took them. Right. And, and uh, you know, we, so just doing it slow, yeah. enjoying that creative process. You know, we have the first full collection of gear coming out shortly and we're going to move at the pace that I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you important. Know? It's important. And I want to make, I mean, the product's important to me too. Like yeah. I want to do good board shapes. Like I hate all these jacked up lame board shapes that don't serve any purpose. They just look <laughs> cool, but right. they don't serve a purpose. Those shapes, a lot of those shapes are developed be able to do different styles of tricks and different ways to skate. Yeah. And um, so I'm focused on the little things like that, just doing new board shapes that are like, they serve a purpose, like yeah. a board m more, let's say, who makes a small wheelbase board for a 12 year old kid? Who makes a, a eight and a half inch board with a small, with a 12 inch wheelbase? Nobody. Yeah. yeah. When I was 12, I wanted to, I bought a build downforce board Alva Bill Danforth. Mm -hmm. It's massive. It was probably nine inches and the wheelbase was massive because I liked the way he skated and I wanted to be a big dude. Right. I was a little kid and I wanted to be a big guy. For example, I want to fucking make a good skateboard for a kid that's been skating for a year or two but wants a wider board but not a weird gimmicky board from the 80s that's outdated. Sure. Mm -hmm. That to me is fun because right. I'm developing a new thing for maybe a kid and it might affect him and he might be psyched on it. Yeah. And no one's doing it. So like little things like that. I don't that. think nobody's Baby thinking steps. about it. Yeah. Baby steps, you know. And uh, so just enjoy feet. the process and make sure like I, I'm not buying a load of product and sitting on any inventory, mm -hmm. you know, and then do what I can to help the skate shops, like help their culture and help their scene. I'm going to try and do as much of that as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, so some of the initiatives are going to be different. Yeah. You know, some of them are going to be focused on like, what can I do to help that scene? Very cool. Right. Yeah. Like skate shops are important, yeah. you know, not every skate shop's important, you know, it's not, <laughs> but, <laughs> A lot of skate shops are really important yeah. in a scene. You know, they've nurtured it. They've kept the dream alive in a lot of those cities, including yeah. the city that I grew up in. Like yeah. I'm sponsored by a skate shop. It's called Lost Art. It's from Liverpool, England. Okay. And I, I, the, the guy that owns the company and started the skate shop has done everything he can to nurture that scene the whole time I've been in the US. It's amazing. And he's incredible, yeah. right? Like he's a great dude. And without that in the city, like as an example for me, like it, it, no one else would have found it special enough to do that, right? And that skate shop owner that makes that effort and puts his life into having a skate shop and nurturing that local skate scene, being cool to the little kids that come in your shop, not being addicted to them. Yeah, it's right? important. Being cool to the older dudes, having, just building a good, healthy scene like that's inviting and opens the door. Like, that's what's rad about what we do, right? Like, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, so I'll, I want to make sure that that doesn't disappear. Yeah. You know? I don't care what anyone says about all like direct to consumer and everything that I Stores are important, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because it's the first point of contact between the kid that skates and your brand. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? And like the world is changing, right? And we can't answer everybody. But with the skate company, it's creative outlet, no rules, all mm -hmm. skateboarding. Wow. Yeah, you man. Know? So we'll have riders. We'll have do that. But other than that, I don't have any plans. No. Like, Creatively, I'm just going to open the floodgates and enjoy the process every single time I sit down to do a piece of skate product or anything to do with the brand. I'm not going to overthink it. Yeah. I'm not going to overanalyze it. I'm not going to try to push it too much. I'm just going to try to do it, fill it through and carry on and keep that creative process open. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Right. And so you guys are going to make a new video? <laughs> <laughs> Deadline soon. Yeah. <laughs> the last time I spoke to Jake Phelps, mm. Um, was like a, a few weeks ago before he passed. And I said, hey, Jake, I'm going to start a skateboard company. Mm -hmm. And he said, 
about fucking time. What's the name? I said, what should I call it? And he said, uh, he said, wheel bite. Okay. Oh, wow. That's what he said to me. He said, wheel bite, that's the only thing that skateboarding owes you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's your wheel brand. That's the wheel brand. There you go. Yeah. You know, I, I love Jake. Jake just passed. Yeah. And I'm not going to, every opportunity to mention him, I'm going to just keep mentioning There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. I love it, man. What's the company called? Freedom. 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 Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, you might change might change it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't put boundaries on like, like, like a creative outlet, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we've put one board out. That's great. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the shops, we send a few extra boards in the board and the, to them. Oh, really? Right. So there's a reason why I said free all over it. And yeah. Right? I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. Fuck, I've already fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> now you think you know what you think, right? I'm going to blow your brains there you out. Go. There we go. <laughs> Listen, New Vans video. Yeah. Are you happy with what you have so far? I'm psyched. Are you? Yeah? Yeah. I'm psyched. Like, I, 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 I skated like most of the summer, mm-hmm. like last summer. So I filmed for like the whole summer basically. And then I, I didn't film much from like October through to January. Mm-hmm. I was filming the whole time, but not nonstop. Right. And so I filmed like crazy for like three or four months. And then I went into my hunting season where I, which keeps me in shape. Okay. So I'm coming out of that. So I filmed for like, I don't know, six months mostly. Yeah. And I've pretty much finished. If you if it came out today, you'd be totally content. The song that I have that I laid over it is the exact same duration as what I ha- to 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 the second of what I've filmed so far. That's good. I've been skating a lot when I'm in good shape, and I skate a lot, and I'm I have a positive mental attitude mm-hmm. every time I skate. Um, mo- a lot more productive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but really, like, tr- truly, like, I'm just listening to my body. I know that, like, if I'm, like, I have three, four months of straight filming, which for somebody that's watching this goes, that doesn't mean shit to me. I skate every day and yeah. I feel great. Right? Um, when we're filming these videos, they're pretty physical. Like, even if you were 20, like, you might fall on a rail that you want to do and be out for two months exactly. with a tweaked ankle yeah. and then you film eight more tricks and then like you have you get six tricks one day and you don't get in for three months sure mm-hmm. these windows and like I've had a good window good do you know what I mean yeah. like so I'm just thankful for that it's not I don't believe in luck you know it's mm. uh you make your decisions make you make your bed yeah. 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 right and, and and if the thing that happens that you wanted to happen happens well you made you had played a part in that you played a role in that but I, I've, I've been skating a lot and I've been enjoying my skating and um you know and I've been really focused on street skating because um I know I'm not getting any younger mm-hmm. straight up right like yeah. like I don't do these interviews very much I don't even really you know what I mean like yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. like I like to go out and skate. Right. And right now that's kind of like where you asked how many times for me to come on the show. And every yeah. time I wanted to come on the show, cause yeah. I'm a fan of what you guys do. And I'm a fan of skating. Thank I have yeah, no yeah. problem talking about skating and I, and I have no problems talking about any aspect of, of that. Right. right. Yeah. Especially with like-minded people that mm-hmm. just, you're doing it for the same reason. You yeah. love doing it. Yeah, exactly. right? I loved it. Yeah. He, he, I texted him and he was like, Hey man, I'm just skating. I want to come on the show, but I'm just skating right now. I was like, fucking, that's awesome, dude. You, that, that's, that's cool. That's and then great. a week later, I could say, Hey, can I come on the show? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened right now. <laughs> you know 
But no, I was going to ask you though, uh, when you film a video part, do you have like a vision in head uh, or in mind of like what you're trying to do for that video part? Like a, a song, trick list? trick list song, or are you just kind of free flowing? Never had a trick list of no. any. I have things in my head or things I want to connect up or certain things that I learn that like mm. maybe I haven't filmed, so I want to film certain styles of things. Like like each video, there's a few things usually where you can see like some of the stuff that we were influenced by, right? Like I could break down my skating in, in a nutshell and give full spectrum of who did what and why I want to do that trick, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like I, I was, for one of the videos I, I was filming a few years ago, I was really influenced by Nat, early Natus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right, and and what I liked was all of the hang-ups and all of the bash in his trucks he would yeah, do. So like yeah. he would go full speed, backs at Ollie, axle stall on a curb right. full speed to a stalled axle stall standing there yeah, so yeah, a yeah. six foot flat ground and backside ollie, ollie to 50 yeah. 50 on a curb and stand there and then just plop off right <laughs> right and then he would like go over gaps and bash the back truck when mm -hmm. he was doing him in reason for living it was a santa cruz reason for living video mm -hmm. i thought like nah man, that's like slashing right it's like slashing like where you're hanging up and doing all this stuff so i had this little period where i was trying to like rip my back truck off okay you know, yeah. like just so you get influenced by different things. And you like, do like frontside flip to do, uh, yeah. do that, right? I brought like four boards doing it. Yeah. Every time yeah. I got, and the whole point was, it's not. It, you've got to keep moving the same speed you took off, or it's kind of you faking it. You got to do it the right way, right? Yeah. I wanted to feel. Didn't what you it all your roof like. gap and hang up? Yeah. That's <laughs> the same thing. It was the same video. Yeah. Oh my god. That same thing of like, ding, yeah. like that. Like, where can I find one that it's like? the biggest one I could do that I know I can get done kind of thing. Yeah. And it's hard to find those. So that See, was See, I thought that I was an accident find. you did. I didn't know it was yeah, yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> purpose? I said, hey, hit this back what, truck. Like, I, I did like these container uh, down at the um, Long Beach port mm. years ago. I had vans out doing this container gap thing. It was like four containers to three containers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I almost hung up on the first one. Oh, jeez. On that, like on the roof gap. Not intentionally. Right. That was terrifying <laughs> absolutely terrifying be able to look down oh a hole and go I'm not gonna get there I gotta get there yeah like that but when you're doing it intentionally it takes on a whole different realm because you you have to go one her slower than you would to clear it but if you go two her slower and you land on towards the front of your board versus oh. the back You've, your body's got to get over, right? Sure. So a certain amount of your body, more than half of your body weight's got to go over. Oh my God. Like that. like, And that's a different way of, that's like a new lip trick, right? Because yeah. you can do it on anything. Right? Sounds like, terrifying. Yeah. Like, so I enjoyed, I enjoy kind of like just each video kind of like, no trick list, but yeah, certain yeah. styles or things style. I want to push at a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, and then, the, you know, but like right now, I just want to. I'm just want to go out in the streets, get and try to film a little bit of everything. There you go. Right, that's what's keeping it fun right now is not skating the same thing twice, and mm -hmm. you know, and so I've just been skating a well, bunch, and we're at the tail end of it. And I'm it's looking fun. forward to it, man. Yeah, Thanks, man. last Appreciate part. Ah, uh, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Like we had a video that we were going to make, and it's changing. Okay, because the world that we live in, exactly. Right, like you put something out one day, someone wants it again the next day. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> and injuries. We had some injuries when we were filming. So it, we'll see what the what what the project looks like, but I'll have a video part in there like the next couple of months, and uh, you know, psyched on that. Like, I, love I can it. die today, and at least I, I got some footage. It'll come out. Fuck. There yeah. you go. No, but we never talked about friend Fred at all because I know you filmed a lot with him in the early days. But yeah, what was it like I, filming I, with him, dude? Every night we'd come home, <laughs> we'd watch old skate videos, 
and it was either Fred or myself pulling an old clip from an old skate video going, how did he film that? Where was he standing? Mm. What gear was he using and how did he make it look like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so like with Fred, it, a, lot, a lot was that, like the frangle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. So yeah, like it was fun. Like I had a lot of fun with Fred. Like I've never, I've got nothing but great things to say about him. He's the best video guy him and greg that we have in our industry and like they're uh, the funnest for me to film with because they make you look better than you are right (laughs) Right. you look through what they film and they are so talented that they make you look as good as as good as you can look and better than you've seen yourself look that's motivating yeah Yeah, especially when you're doing like the bigger stuff and that right like to look back and go okay greg hunt's here he's filming it i know that greg knows where i'm at mentally right this very second and i trust that he's going to get it I feel the same way about Fred. Mm-hmm. He's the most stable cameraman that there is. He's like a surgeon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With, his, uh, with his fish eyes, he's so steady. That's important to know it's that motivated. the other guy has got you. Yeah, you he's know? got you and he cares enough about you to yeah. give it the, you know, give he's it like, the best. He cares about more about your, or just as much as you're skating than you do. Well, he wants to progress yeah. his filming too, right? Yeah. Like he goes out and films you doing a trick and you film a crooked grind. He doesn't want to film a crooked grind fisheye again like he's done it 800 times and in that same video there might be eight angles of eight guys doing the same trick <laughs> how can you film it eight different ways yeah, yeah, yeah. there was it's a lot, lot of that with Fred like always you know and like was that was uh, like what can you do like you're so talented that you can push the boundaries of what people would think they could do filming and get away with it yeah you yeah. know it's amazing and so I don't know he's so talented old Fredo oh yeah big fan Roger is pretty good too. He's kind of he's he's not bad. Better. Have you guys ever filmed together? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the last thing we times. shot was a uh, downtown showdown. Was it? When we had to do like, those intros. Oh jeez, man. <laughs> yeah. Over the years, but like not yeah. like we I was in Miami live. when you guys were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I was at Bam's house when you were mm-hmm. there and stuff too. Slept in the bushes. I slept in the bushes yeah. at Bam's house. <laughs> what do you do? I think it was his mother. Somebody said that I wouldn't do it, but you know. Well, maybe they didn't. Maybe I'm making that up. <laughs> give me an excuse to go and say, I, I, give I think me you the, had a good night, and uh, that's where you ended <laughs> no, up. <but> like, <laughs> Roger, I will always sleep in a bush, given the opportunity. Yeah. Do you like the way that sounds? <laughs> <laughs> you know what a double entendre is? Yeah. That was your double entendre. Oh God, there it is, man. <laughs> True. Listen, bro, huge fan. Thank All you, us, bro. Yeah. I mean, appreciate it. what you've done, what you're going to do, everything. Thank you. Can we give you some nine club stuff to take home, man? I would love that. Yeah? Got any stickers? Oh, we have plenty. We have will you put them on your board? I will put one on my board. Yeah? Yeah. Take an Instagram of it, too. God damn it. <laughs> you are requesting a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want a photo, uh, right? You want a photo with a shirt, with a Listen. hat? You want an ad? We'll give you 20 bucks for a photo. Do you want to see a photo set plan? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 20 no, bucks. I'm, I'm a fan of what you guys Thank do. You, Thank bro. you, bro. We appreciate You guys that. have fucking amazed. You have a huge purpose. And oh, like, without like flip sides to every coin right like yeah. we can't we can't carry on and like our industry's changing yeah like yeah. let's keep it skate but thank you yeah. yeah Kelly will you go grab what are you a large are you the large I'm shirt large, large? Yes. yeah go, can you long go grab torso them, uh, short legs you know what <laughs> I, have you a, that? I have a long torso and short body mm, well I'm no. about six foot yeah so I, I got built like a fucking Maricat thank you Raj but uh no I some of the shirts you know, they. I like long shirts. Yeah, so do I, because I have a long torso, yeah. but I'm, I have short legs, so that's why we're. I'm a. I'm a medium, but I need longer mediums. Listen, though, I, I want to congratulate you also on the new shoe that's coming out. Thank you. That's amazing. Great, 
Great looking shoe. The new old shoe. Great looking shoe. Old yeah, school. man. Old school, new school, no school, right? There you go, man. The shoe was great back in the day, by the way. Look at that. Back in the day? I mean, I, I had a full... <laughs> I bought them back in like 99. And then you said that's coming out in the end of summer. End of summer. Yeah, okay. probably end of July or something. There you like go, that, man. So. so this is the first time people are seeing it. Yeah. Exclusive. Yep. Thank you for that, bro. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. We'll put that in it's the. Yeah, uh, beast. I know. Look at that. Those, uh, is that reflective stuff you got on there? Or is I that just a gray? So. That's just gray. Did your first one have reflective? I had reflective on one of those underlays on Thank some you, of them. Oh, on. The blue Thank one, you, right? Ooh, the mug's pretty cool. Listen. Nine Club mug. With some stickers in there. And some stickers. Got some stickers, For your yeah. board that you're going to Instagram. Oh, thank you. My son will be so Oh, here's some stickers, too. too. We forgot about these ones. So. Uh, and then um, Beanie. You're Beanie guy. No. no? I'll take a shirt. <laughs> Listen. Hey, look, I, I don't take stuff that I, I, if I wouldn't wear, I'm not going to take it. You know what? I, I, like, I'm I the dude. That. Like This shirt right here is like five years old. Um. I don't wear new shit every day. Okay. I, I hate wasting stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll put stickers on my board and I want to, can I have a t-shirt? You know what? The gray one. The, look, the, be the beanie's gone. Okay. <laughs> no beanie. Okay. Here we go. Large, long sleeve shirt. Even better. Yeah? Yeah. Long sleeve and a short sleeve black. It's a good looking shirt, right? Yeah, she's a beaut. Yeah. Yeah, not <laughs> Look at that. And here's a black shirt for you. You like it? Look at that. Check look the at shape. that. I actually don't mind that. It's yeah. a good one. Look, throw yeah. that in the wash. No, I'll use it to like just mop up the oil in the garage. <laughs> yeah. You know what? As long as you Instagram you yeah. mopping up the <laughs> As long as it's being used. Yeah, exactly. No, we appreciate you coming yeah. by, yeah, man. Yeah, Dude, this has been Thank an honor and a pleasure. You know? Good. Like I said, good luck with everything. Yeah. The shoe. Will you send us a box of shoes when, when, uh, when yeah, they come please. out? Yeah. 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 Raj, that, what color you want? That orange one's Let's good. Let's do a colorway. Oh yeah, there you go. Nine Club, Raleigh. Well, we're Rally. pretty much there. It just needs to Rally. be a darker <laughs> orange on this, and you probably we use a little it. darker orange though. Look that's on the sticker; it's a little dark. That's what I'm saying. You know what? We'll send them the Pantone. Not far off. Not, Not far, far off. Very close. Black. Oh, with the white, and then the see the gray. I'm designing. I hope you're taking notes, Jeff. <laughs> and then the black where the gray is, we'll put black. You see, see what I'm I saying? I completely disagree. Do, would you? Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> listen. You could design the shoe. Yeah, no, I would. It's your have shoe. That. No, you no. know, we'll just put a, a woven label on it and call it a day. Okay, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, man. No, seriously, dude. Thank you. Okay, Did I beat Mike V's five hours? Um, I don't. Where are we at? Not even You're close. a few hours off. Right. A few hours off. I Anything haven't watched else? all the mics, but I look forward to it. I had a question. Who, who's, who's that to the left of you? This guy? Yeah. Back in it, this is Bob. Bob. He's been staring me down the whole episode, <laughs> let me tell you. I, I brought him because I, f I figured the same thing. How intimidating. A wildcat staring at the whole time. I thought, that'll put the edge on my side. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. It looks a little bit like my cat Larry. No, this is my spirit animal for is the it? day. Okay. Uh, you know, and uh, that's who that is. It's a bobcat. It's, it's a bobcat. It's beautiful cat. Just north of Los oh. Angeles. A beautiful animal. Thus the name Bob. Yes. Yeah. Bob the cat. Bob the cat. Bob the cat. <laughs> <laughs>